My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. Dobbin R142, part three. Well, isn't it a fact, the third film of the trilogy is the best? It's the same with podcast. Yes. And today is the Dobbin R142, part three. We are having a third part to what is now, Dan, our most successful podcast of all time. We just want to take a second here to just thank everybody for your huge support over the weekend, uh, even backing up the, the week before with the Royal Rumble 1998 and Steve Austin, which was an incredible experience that we had. And then, of course, on the Friday 25, I mean, it seems so long ago now that we've done it, but Raw 25, we had our top five moments each. And, of course, we looked at the Raw 25 event. And then Saturday night, Dan, NXT Take, I mean, just explain for anybody, it's coming out on Wednesday, how good the event was for you, you know? The event was brilliant. We had probably what we could call... One of the well, the greatest match of this year, even the possible match of the year contender in a first ever pay per view yeah. of twenty eighteen, which you know in that No, no, you, you really can't, you know. Uh there was some other great matches, a great extreme rules match, brilliant again. Not quite sure on the ending, but you know, it was it was interesting to say the least. Uh yeah, the whole card, I think it was a strong card. Yeah, I, I, it did. It really, NXT, like we say, we said on a live show, always delivers. And like I said, that's going to be our next podcast on Wednesday, NXT TakeOver. And we'll be giving you a little bit extra after that because we'll be watching the NXT episode the following week. And we'll basically be wrapping up like we are doing today because there was so much to happen, not just on Saturday, but on the Sunday night for the Royal Rumble. Of course, our live show, which is incredible. I mean, 12,000 people listened to us on that Sunday night, tuning in what was our first live kickoff show. And uh, i got to say, you know, thank you again for listening and enjoying us and all the comments and the feedback. And, uh, of course, the Royal Rumble event itself, I think this year, even though we didn't have... I think the event itself was so newsworthy. Uh, it was... We couldn't even fit it on the end of that podcast. We have to do a third part today just to do it all. And, of course, we'll be looking at Raw and SmackDown and wrapping up the week in a kind of nice little bow before NXT TakeOver. But before all that, we have to do the alternate intro. And, of course, we do this every week. Uh, it started off with a suggestion where I read out Enzo More to, to you, Dan. I think that's the first one we ever done. Yep. And since then, we uh, well, we basically use everything. We've done uh, wrestlers' entrance music. We've done um, TV shows. And now we kind of moved on to more film quotes. And at the moment, we're fo- focusing on Night Night 4, and uh, me and Dan are going to do a little play for you now. So here we go. Alternate intro for this week. Do you know what they call uh, a quarter pounder with cheese in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? No. Electric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. Then what do they call it? They call it a royale with cheese. Royale with cheese? That's right. 
What do they call a Big Mac? A Big Mac's a Big Mac. They call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> well, what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. <laughs> so there we go. That was from Pulp Fiction again. We're using it. It's so, so good. First time round. So let's start off with the kickoff matches from the Rumble, including the glorious one defending his United States Championship. Those poor fucking cruiserweights are actually going to have a match. And they're going to, what? Yeah, we're recording, aren't we? We're doing going to do the live match now whilst two hundred five's on. So we've got 17 minutes left. If we come back whilst the match is on, we'll go straight to news. But we should be all right. So here we go. Kalisto coming out here. Yes, he's uh, <coughs> he's going to be joined by... Vince <laughs> Dorado! And Grand Metallic. The masked luchadores. And uh, oh, this is great. We're going to start off here. It'll be brilliant. What we'll do, Dan, when we come back live, we'll open up our predictions. And look how packed that front row is at the moment in time, Dan. Look at that. <laughs> 25 Live playing on the live show and the cruise lights in the ring at this moment in time. TJP with his computer game entrance. Oh, it's probably the most weirdest looking <laughs> trio of wrestlers I think I've seen. You've got a man in a suit, Captain Underpants, and a computer game boy. Yeah, well, you've got to respect like, all you know, these three men. Drew Gulak, of course, and uh, TJP, the first ever, well, the winner of the CWC tournament. And, of course, Jack Gallagher. How far has he fallen in, in recent <laughs> times? Indeed, yes. We're going to see what happens here now. That's a weird handshake that Gulak and Perkins have got together. So we go. we're going to start with Kalisto and Drew Gulak. There we go. We're going to start this off. We're going in blind. We'll open up a prediction envelope after this match. But who do you favour in this one, Dan, personality-wise? Um, I favour the Luchadors. Yeah, why? I don't know. I think Kalisto needs the rub right now. Yeah, do you like the kind of Luchador style, the high-flying, as opposed to the technical side of the hill? I do. Do. Well, these three masked wrestlers, they equal one Rey Mysterio. <laughs> well, if that's how you want to pull it... And Gulak being the technical expertise that he's got. Keeping Kalisto down, trying to get him down, but only a one. One. And his shoulder up, Gulak's just going to take his time. The knee six bend, quite rightly, could contend for the Cruiserweight title when uh, that gets sorted out. Of course, new general manager for 205 Live on Tuesday. Oh, on a lovely leg lock by Kalisto and spins Gulak round. Very athletic. Now, Drew in a little bit of trouble, but managing to... Get Kalisto down. Oh, yeah, rolls him up for a pinfall, but Kalisto, I think he kicked out of one. Ah, one. And now Jack Aha gets tagging. Jack Aha. Yeah, Jack Aha. Face off for Kalisto. He's had his problems, of course, with Hideo Atami. No Hideo Atami tonight, then. No, but Kalisto's tagging in Metallic. Grand Metallic. Uh, you know, of course, two of my CWC. Picks are in this match. Yep. How many of yours are? Uh, none, but nah. I do respect Jack Gallagher. He's a great athlete. Being taken down by Metallic right now, rolled up, managing to get the sh- get out of it because he's just such a great wrestler. You see, he's got Brian Kendrick in his ear, even though of course Kendrick recovering at the moment. Jack going to the outside. And Metallic calling him out, but Gallagher's a bit apprehensive about getting in the ring. Liking the socks though, Jackie boy, Union Jacks representing. Jack doesn't want none. Tags in TJP. And uh, I've noticed we've got blue ropes here tonight. Will that signify that to SmackDown winner of the Royal Rumble event? We're going to have SmackDown winners for both of them, aren't we? 
Yes, and we got Lince Dorado squaring off against TJP. Both men trade in uh, arm locks. Kalisto gets the tag in, hops over the top rope and kicks TJP right in the elbow. Now Kalisto picking him. <laughs> Kalisto taking TJP down. This is going to be technical in the early going as each team fill the other one out. And TJP managing to push Kalisto, Irish whip. Both men running the ropes and Kalisto there, handstand. Grabbing TJP, Harakavana down and a drop kick. And the master Luchador is starting off quick and here comes Lince Dorado. Ah, off the top. Oh, knees right down to the arm of TJP. Not Tony Nice, by the way. No, he's not in the match. And <laughs> Lince Dorado now with a chop. Irish rip attempt on TJP, but it gets reversed. But manages a monkey flip on TJP, but he cartwheels out of it and receives a chop on his chest for his troubles. Chop on his chest. A choppity chest. Lovely deep arm drag takedown there by Lintz. And a head scissors takedown. Sweeps the leg. Standing moonsault. Beautiful. To, oh, Byron Saxton's finding something really funny at the announce table right now. Not sure what it is though. Dorado, Irish ripping Perkins. TJP's belts come undone. And Perkins managing to get out. Oh, of harm's way, I was going to say. But he doesn't escape far enough. Drew Gulak comes running in. He gets low-bridged. I'm not sure if that counts against his anti-flying uh, <laughs> policies. Uh-oh. And now, Kalisto, Metallic, and Dorado, like Mexican Transformer. What are they doing up there? All the top. Oh, oh beautiful. <laughs> All three luchadors go in different directions from the same corner, taken out. One member from the opposing team. Oh, my word. Well, we're back from the break. It looks like Team TJP have taken over now on Dorado. We see the WrestleMania sign hanging in the background. Do you get an extra point if someone points? No, everybody points at the fucking WrestleMania sign. There'll be six points at WrestleMania sign here tonight. The two guys who like the last two as well always point at the sign now and go, it's what we're fighting for. Big kick to the face. They're certainly all wearing over Lince Dorado. Referee's been distracted, and uh, that allows Gallagher to take out on Dorado. Now Gulak going to try and get him up. Oh, working the calves. Stamping the leg of uh, Dorado, keeping him grounded. Now he hands the reins over to Jackie Boy, who's oh. definitely a, a focused technical wrestler. Well, Gallagher knows how to wear a guy down, and he's doing exactly that. With uh, Lynch Dorado right now, even more. Oh, go for the cover one. No. Only kick out one. One. <clears throat> so, best way to deal with a high flying Lucha. Keep him grounded. And he can't jump off the top rope when he's on his back. Oh, and Gallagher still wrenching out that leg. He must find it uncomfortable wrestling in them tight chinos and. That's what I thought you don't get. You don't get many Luchas as. Uh, no, I was talking about Jack. Oh, <laughs> I say, even for me, Lynch Dorado looks a bit weird. Three quarter lengths. I'm sure we see wrestlers wrestling boot size. I don't. I never understood barefooted wrestlers. To be fair, I thought there was a disadvantage. Yeah, but you had what Rusev when he first started, Umaga, it's Snooker. Yeah. yeah, all these people don't trust them, mate. I'd personally <laughs> have long toenails. And oh no, 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 no! <laughs> and now TJP tags in. But you've got a phobia of unsocked feet. Your feet have never been out of socks. No. Oh, lovely move there, TJP and Gulak. Yeah, I was born in socks. 
Lovely leg lock there by TJP. Putting the pres- pressure onto the injured leg of uh, Dorado. Dorado trying to fight out of it. Finally does. Gets himself up onto the second rope. Oh, sunset flip rolls up TJP. Oh. Only gets a two count though. Two and Dorado diving to the corner and TJP stopping him. Hangs him up on the top rope, eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. You'll be able to say that tonight and it'll actually make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and TJP throws Dorado in. Not going to be enough to keep the masked man down. Perkins brings him back into the corner. Jack now taking over. Oh, a double foot stomp to the face. Takes out Kalisto. Jack's saying he's got this. He's going to take a chance to go up to the second rope. Gulak's saying... Gulak's <laughs> complaining. Oh, d- Jack, don't distract him. Gulak's saying no. And now we've got a discussion going on. <laughs> a very heated debate. Oh, God. Jack. Jack's walking the second rope. Very nicely done by Gallagher. Slam down. Oh. But Dorado moves out of the way and Jack Gallagher eats cat. <laughs> now it looks like Dorado's going to get the tag. And Jack tagging Gulak, he can. But here comes Metallic. Springboard's in. Oh, handspring backflip there. Jumps over Gulak. Gulak goes for a clothesline. It gets ducked. Beautiful arm drag by Metallic, avoiding Gulak's offense. I think it's always a bit too much effort just for an arm drag takedown. <laughs> yeah, but look at what's the ropes. That was worth it. And a drop kick to Gulak. And now Metallic looks to put, this, put Gulak away. Going up top against the man who's anti-high fly. Here comes Metallic. Walking the ropes. Big oh. elbow. Drops it to the chest of Gulak. One, two. Oh, but Jackie Boy in to break up the pin attempt. Now tra- Jack taking a Gulak and Kalisto's there. Gets the blind tag in. Oh. oh. A kick to the face of Gulak and Jackie Boy. Here comes Dorado. Oh. A springboard stunner. Sends them both out the ring. Metallic oh. flying over the top and takes them both out. That's brilliant teamwork by them three masked guys. Gulak's a legal guy. Please go go for the cover. One, One two. two. Oh. oh, but Gulak managing to kick out. Ah, Kalis so frustrated though. Gulak headbutt in the corner. Perkins tags himself in. T- tells Gulak to get out. Kalisto helps him out. Detonation kick. Oh, no. Kalisto with the backslide. Both men tussling. Roll up by TJP. One. Two. Oh, trying to get the ropes. Couldn't. Kalisto. Oh. Salida del Sol. One, One two, two, three. And that's the victory for the masked men. Well, there we go. What a way to start. Dorado, Metallic, and uh, Kalisto get the victory. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was quite a very good match, actually. Doesn't I don't think it deserved to be on the pre-show, but with such a stacked card, yeah, it, it was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I don't think it was too bad at all was it you know uh and as we look at what what we saw in ring there you know i think it's quite impressive of course the, the baby face to get the victory here on kickoff about a nice way to start and perkins furious with jack gallagher and drew gulak not happy at all throwing a fit at least two men you gotta think what they're gonna do oh look we see Kalisto now the lucha lucha celebrate i thought he was gonna Put Gallagher and Gulak would rightly punch out uh, <laughs> TJP there. So, yes, that was 205 Live. And uh, as we've been watching 205 Live, we've had our first match on kickoff. And that was the Cruiserweight match. 
between uh, TJ Perkins, Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak versus... Grand Metallic, Lince Dorado and... So, yeah, so what we're going to do now, we've just had a result. We're going to open up our envelopes because we talk about predictions and we're going to find out who we went for because we've got the mini games in here now as well. So we've got so much in our packed envelopes. Um, so, Dan... Would you please... Or who's, you've got the who goes first, haven't you, in this one? So who I is have, it? Uh, well, the promo, there wasn't really much of one. It was just kind of a thrown-together match. So, James, with predictions, please. Who did you go for? I went for T. Black and Jack Gallagher. Well, so did I. <laughs> so did you. So we yes. both started off with a, a loss there. Uh, I, I, do you know, because on paper, TJP, Gallagher and... Um, Drew Gulak are three of my guys that I really, really like on Terror yeah. 5 Live. I thought they'd get a victory, but of course, they went with the baby faces. So, uh, not the not the most auspicious way to start, but we're hoping it improves. So, here we go. We're getting our second match on the kickoff. Gallows and Anderson versus The Revival. I thought I could have a smoke, but no, we're going to have wrestling match. Great. All right, Dan. So, whose turn is it for predictions? Um... Well, is it you? It's you for promos. We're not doing promos on that. Uh, promos, no point for kickoff. I mean, we talk about backstory. Um, it happened on Raw 25, didn't it? Revival getting destroyed by DX and uh, Gallows and Anderson. Yep. Um, as far as prediction goes, I have gone for the Revival. The Revival. Gone for Gallows and Anderson. Oh, so Anderson. So that's the first time we've gone different. Yeah. Uh, the Revival. Why have we gone Revival for? Um, I think they deserve a bit of retribution from getting beaten down before. And, you know, I've I've grown to like these team. They've been dealt a bit of a bum hand since they've come back. So, yeah, they, they deserve the victory. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They do deserve the victory. They do, seriously. It's Finn Balor, isn't it? You know, Gallows and Anderson, they've got to look strong, especially going into the Rumble match. And of course, don't forget, Anderson won the tag team titles here last year. They did indeed, yes. They beat the bar. There we go. So it's uh, Anderson and uh, Dash Wilder at the start. Such a great tag team. Works so well with basically any other team. But now it's Anderson's chance. Though. That's why I've gone from tonight. They've got to prove they belong to in this tag team division. Anderson trying to fight out of it, but Dawson trying to wear him down. I can't help but thinking the revival would go better with Drew Gulak. No flips. Just fist. <laughs> yeah, that would work. It'd be like his APA, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful low there by Anderson. Uh, by Anderson, a heel kick, bringing him back to the big gallows. Tags in his partner, CM Punk's former henchman. Yeah, we wonder what they're going to do. We with... got three baldies wrestling in the ring at the same time. We wonder what they're going to do with uh, the club, and basically, they've started getting behind it now. With Finn Balor's joined them. But their revival, just taking the time while they're taking Dawson to the corner. Yep, they're in no hurry. No. Nope. Tags in Scott Dawson. Oh, a poke to the eye there of of uh, Luke Gallows. Gives revival a chance to get into this game. Oh, bounces Gallows' heads off. Uh, and he comes in, starts punching away. Oh, but Gallows managing to fight out. The revival are dirty, try to get advantage. Well, he, uh, Gallows wasn't too happy about that. Throws him into the corner and he starts punching away at the midsection. Follows up with an uppercut to the jaw. Slams him down, but here comes Dawson. He gets a slam for his troubles. Gallows is cleaning house. Oh, and a revival 
Dawson stopping Dash there. And we're going to go advert. When we come back to Revival, I'm going to be in control. See, look, Revival in control side headlock. Anderson managing to get out of it. Dawson blind tag in. But Anderson managing to clean up. Great right hands there. Uh oh. Oh, that leg whip through the second rope. That's brilliant by the Revival. Now they're going to work on his leg. Oh, wrenching Anderson's leg. I definitely want to get some retribution from uh, their past beatdown. Oh, and they're still working on him. Anderson back in the corner of Revival. Oh, my God, the Revival now systematically destroying his knee. Brilliant strategy. Wearing the leg. Gallo's desperate for that tag in. Anderson finally out of it. As I say that, Dawson's straight back on the target. He desperately needs to get a tag into Luke Gallows, though. Well, he's in a world of hurt. He's in the wrong part of town. And Dan's laptop has stopped working. <laughs> he didn't even start it. That crazy son of a bitch. And Dash Roller here, brilliant with Anderson. Oh, no, trying to get down. But Anderson going for the pin. Two. Oh. Ooh. Managing to kick out. And look at the revival. Beautiful. Stopping Anderson from getting the tag. That's Dash Wilder taking his turn. Oh no, tags in Dawson. <laughs> no, systematically taking him out. He's wrenching his leg now. Oh no. Falls Anderson manages to fight back, kicks Dawson through the ropes. Now it's got to be his chance to make the tag. Wilder's in. Oh, here comes Gallows, a big oh, man. Oh no. On fire, close on to Wilder, close on to Dawson. Make that two out of two. And now Gallows, oh, like a steam train in that corner. Big boot to the face of Wilder. This is on fire, baby. Slam down. Bang. Oh. Big splash. Oh. Takes down Dawson with a kick to the head. Oh, but Wilder's up. Oh, Wilder's down. <laughs> Anderson kick. back in again, though. Now, why do they do it for? Maybe they're going for the magic killer, but the knee hurts. And Dawson there pushing him off. Oh, I think Dawson just lost a tooth. Oh, just fired. What's that, my love? Wilder in now with the injured <coughs> Anderson, don't forget. Oh, oh, managed to get a spine buster. Can he get a tag across the gallows? Well, he's trying to get the pin first. One, two. Oh. Oh. Dawson in to make the save. Big man gallows comes running in. Low bridged out. But he drags Dawson out with him. Oh, oh but gallows runs into the ring post. There we go. Dawson down. Uh-oh. So's Anderson. One, One two, two, three. Easy there for the revival. Dan, you take a 1-0 lead in the predictions. Well done, my friend. Uh, what do you think of the match? Uh, yeah, that was it was a great match again, you know. A systematic work down of the leg. And it came into fruition at the end of it. Yeah, yeah uh, systematic beat down of the leg. Came to fruition. The revival, they marked their target. They marked their man, and they capitalised on uh, on what they was doing. Yep. Very intelligent from uh, the future tag team champions. Yeah, let's hope the WWE know what to do with them now. Well, Dan, we've just seen a glorious moment with Austin winning the 1998 Rumble, a match we've seen on uh, the podcast just a couple of weeks ago. But now we're going to see another glorious moment at the Rumble. It's Bobby Roode defending the US title.
So, Dad, Bobby Roode is out here. It's a glorious moment. Got to say, I'm interested in that. Who's goes it for predictions? It is you for predictions, my friend. My predictions. And uh, we get a bonus point. We've agreed, Dad, haven't we? A bonus point for whoever we guess it is. So, I have gone for Bobby Roode to win this one, Dan. Yes. So, who have you gone for, Niz? I have gone for Rude. Gone for Rude. Rude to win. And my opponent, I think, is going to be Mojo. Oh! My opponent, Ziggler. Ziggler. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Oh! Oh, I see! Oh! Oh, I see! Oh! You thought I was joking about that, oh. did, did you? Before I get the first bonus point of the night by guessing Mojo Rawley. Oh, I just hope Mojo wins this, just to <laughs> knock that smug fucking smile off your face. James, this is the first time Mojo's ever come out and you've had a smile I on know, your face. What the fuck is going I on? It's crazy. Crazy times, Dan. This is what I need to do if I need to get one up on you. But alas, we have both gone for Bobby Roode anyway. So, prediction-wise, it's not going to change. So, yeah, Bobby Roode, Mojo Rawley at the Royal Rumble. And Dan, can't, I can't believe it already. Come on, Roode. Take out Mojo Rawley. Show him who's boss. It's, there's nothing better than a glorious DDT on this son of a bitch here. Oh, look at Mojo getting rocked by these huge right hands. Irish whip reversal, though. Rude gets thrown into the corner, but comes out in a flurry and takes down Mo. I wonder who's going to win the Rumble now, Dan. I mean, my pick is quite out there. Mojo Rawley. (laughs) Will Rude lose the US title here tonight? I mean, this is the questions we're going to have to ask. Lovely side Russian leg sweep straight into a cover. One. Oh, but Mojo managing to kick out. Mojo wearing Bobby Rude down. What a horrible way to start the Rumble if Mojo did beat Bobby Rude. But I hope... Rude. Come on then, glory CDT. Oh. oh no, Mojo ducks out the way. <laughs> He's got Rude well scouted. Ziggler comes back and costs him the title. Oh, Rude back up in the apron. Oh. Mojo knocks him off. That's not good. What's Mojo doing? Slide out. He's down in his three-point <laughs> stop. Oh. oh, shoulder barges Rude into the barricade. <laughs> oh. Standing over his uh, challenge. Oh my God. Throws him back in the ring. Ruse Goes for a cover. One, trouble. two. Count. Oh. Mojo only getting a two. Two. And now Mojo slapping down the glorious one. He doesn't deserve to be in the ring with him as we go to an ad When we come back, Mojo's still in charge. Uh, we're back from the break. Mojo's still in control. Just throwing Rude into the corner. Well, Rude, this time last year, in the main event of NXT TakeOver, Dan, we... <laughs> What do you think is better, being the main event against the takeover or being in a pre-show against Mojo Rawley for the US title? <laughs> well, he certainly had a better match last year. But Mojo Rawley's got that killer instinct now. Well, when you consider the other man in the main event, Nakamura, is one of the favourites to win the Rumble match, then, you know. He's got spit in his beard. He might have. Mojo wearing him down at the moment. Rude's starting to fight back, though. Come on now, Bobby. He's like, like eight hands. Oh, my God. Elbow, Bobby Roode. Back of Mojo now on the second rope. 
Oh, comes off with a crossbody attempt, gets caught by the big mojo. Looking for a power slam, but Rude with a backslide. And now bobbing up, clotheslines. Telling Mojo to get back to his feet. Bang, clothesline in. Takes him in the corner. Lovely swinging net breaker. Well, I'm yet to score. Will Bobby Roode give me his first? Give me the first picture of the night. Oh, cool! Fucking hell! And Roode chopping a corner. Mojo versus the Irish whip line. Oh, but runs into a pair of knees. Tony Nee's not in the match, Dan. <laughs> and Roode off the top. Beautiful blockbuster. Is he looking for the glorious DDT? This is going to be it, isn't it? Oh, glorious! Kick to the midsection. No, on his shoulders. Backslide by Rude. One, two. Oh. Mojo with a kick out. Oh, oh, oh my a God. Powerful spine buster from Mojo. That's too close. <laughs> two. Well, which way is this going to go, Mojo, at the moment? I mean, he's an awful, awful wrestler. But he's got to put Bobby Roode away if he wants to win the United States title. And I don't think he has got it in him, Dan. Slapping out Bobby Roode. He's just going to anger the man. Well, if anyone can, Mojo can. <laughs> and now Mojo, three points. Starts maybe. Oh, oh, no, but a spine buster from Roode. Two. Oh. And Mojo with the kick out. Uh -huh. And now Bobby Roode. Come on, feel it. You can do this, son. Put it together. Mojo. Glorious DDT again. No. Oh. Backdrop from Mojo. Oh, for fuck's sake. And Mojo. Oh. oh. Throws rude. Shoulder first into the corner. Oh, my God. Ready for the three points. Run. Oh, oh, but runs into the boot. Thank God for that. Rude's now got him. Glorious DDT. Plants Mojo. Easy as that. Go for the cover, son. One, One two, two, three. Bobby Roode has beaten Mojo Rawley here tonight and retained the United States Championship. It's a shame he's on the card, but at least the universe is right with Roode winning this one. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? Oh, no, who's the match? Yeah, me. Dan, what do you think of the match? Um, It wasn't terrible. But it wasn't anything special. You know, there was no outstanding features in the match. It was it was just a standard match. You know, it's I, I quite nothing for the match, really. Mm. Well, do you know what I want to see, though? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a harmless match. Mojo lost. Great. What I want to see now for Rude is the open challenge. I want to see that cockiness. And I want to see that hillside come into Rude's game now. Do you know what I mean? Like... And, and the kind of getting that attitude and then turning to the kind of glorious rude we had in NXT with the United States Championship, I think, will be glorious, you know? Uh, so we end that kickoff with two points to one to you, Dan, as we head into the main show. So you can hear my voice, as I say, it's 2-1 going into the main show. I had excitement for me. Unfortunately, it didn't end that way because Dan did win 7-3. <laughs> so... Wasn't the kind of best, but what we're going to do... Wasn't the kind of best for you. No, it wasn't the best for me. At least you enjoyed yourself this weekend. Uh, Had a good weekend, yes. Yeah, so now we've heard that. On to Rumble Fallout, and we're going to start off with the men's Rumble. WWE stated there would be 90-second waiting intervals between each entrant in the 2018 Men's Royal Rumble match. How well did WWE stick to that claim? 
Here are the waiting times between all 28 buzzers in chronological order. Now, Dan, I know you like your facts, so you've done this for the men's and the women's Rumble match, and we'll just read one out, I suppose. So, one minute, 31 seconds was buzzer one for Rhino. Uh, one minute, 32 for Corbin. Yeah, my pick in the Royal Rumble. I think he did very, really well. One minute, 54 seconds uh, for Heath Slater. One minute, 24 for Elias. And then, incredibly, two minutes, 17 seconds for CN. So that's, that's nearly like a minute more than it should be. One minute 39 for Bray Wyatt. Yeah, one minute 51 for Big E, who's buzzer seven. One minute 53 was buzzer eight for Sami Zayn. And then two minutes Seamus came in. <laughs> one minute 40 seconds, buzzer 10, that was Xavier Woods. Polo Cruz then followed him in one minute 38 seconds later. And then it was Shinzuki fucking Nakamura, the man who ended up winning it at 1 minute 25. 1 minute 36 is Zaro. 1 minute 23 was 14 for Kofi Kingston. 1 minute 28, Jinder Mahal, so they're kind of getting it at the moment. 1 minute 32, 16, Seth Rollins. Yeah, and then 2 minutes 55 seconds <laughs> from when I woke up Matt Hardy. So nearly 3 minutes in between intervals. Uh, 1 minute 35, buzzer 18, Cena. Yeah, and then the Hurricane, of course, full of surprise entrance at the Rumble. 1 minute 34 in between buzzers. 1 minute 33 was buzzer 20, Aiden English. And then Adam Cole from the Undisputed Era came at 1 minute 25. There was a rumour, Dan, rumour has it. Rumour has it. That he was going to be the, he's going to answer Bobby Roode's uh, challenge in the kickoff. But they didn't really want to sacrifice him in under a 10 minute match to Bobby Roode. So he was in the Rumble instead. Didn't eliminate anybody, did he? No, he didn't. Well, the only man that actually stuck to the 90-second rule was, of course, <laughs> Randy Orton at buzzer 22. Yeah, that's true. Titus and Neil, 1 minute 28. Uh, 1 minute 33 was a Miz. And then another huge surprise, Rey Mysterio, 1 minute 32. I'll accept that couple of seconds here and there. 1 minute 42, number 26 was Roman Reigns. And then Goldust, number 29 in the Rumble, come out buzz 27. 2 minutes 38 seconds. And... A bit of a surprise at uh, 1 minute 24 and coming out last was Dolph Ziggler. So what's that all mean though, Dan? Well, 12 of the 28 waiting periods fell within 5 seconds of the 90 second goal. The average waiting period was 1 minute 42. Median time was between 1 minute 34 and 1 minute 35. Four different waiting periods lasted 2 minutes or longer. The 2 minute 55 second waiting period is the one where Kofi was saved by the power of pancakes, but then eliminated by Almas. He was eliminated. The 10-second countdown clock appeared. Roman's entry into the match occurred during the 2 minute 38 waiting period. This is where Reigns and Rollins teamed up to eliminate The Miz, and The Miz-Tourage got involved too. Reigns then tossed Rollins out, and the 10-second countdown clock appeared a few seconds later. 2 minutes 17 second waiting period is where Elias came out playing his guitar and wasting time in the ring. The two-minute interval is where Owens and Zayn beat up Ty Dillinger backstage and then stole his spot. There was a 1 minute 54 second waiting period that occurred during Baron Corbin's entry. This included his elimination and insult on all the wrestlers from the match. Well, in a perfectly timed match, the final buzzer signalling Dolph's entrance would have gone off 42 minutes after the start of the match. In reality, this buzzer went off at 47 minutes and 36 seconds. Overall, WWE didn't do too well with sticking to the 90-second rule. Well, the match itself lasted 65 minutes and 29 seconds. The survival time for a superstar is the time that lapses between the point where he steps foot in the ring and the time that his feet hit the floor to signal elimination. This does not include the time it takes for a superstar to make his way down the entrance ramp to the actual ring. 
The average superstar survival time for the 2018 Men's Royal Rumble match was 12 minutes 29 seconds, and the medium survival time was 6 minutes and 14 seconds. And here is a full list of the survival times for all 30 superstars. Yeah, so exactly like we did with the um, coming out times, this is basically how long they lasted in a rumble. So we start from the bossy who who lasted the least compared to who lasted the longest. So Sheamus only lasted three seconds in the entire Royal Rumble match. The Hurricane was 24 seconds. He stated it was 34 seconds, but that was only when he was in the ring because he obviously was outside the ring for a lot longer than that, wasn't he? Exactly one minute was Baron Corbin. Yeah, my pick... I mean, Dan, this is a great little fact for you. Last year at the Royal Rumble event... I picked a guy who wasn't even in the Royal Rumble match, right? So they're definitely going to pick someone who's in there. And he lasted one minute. So my survival times at the Rumble the past two years, over two Royal Rumbles, have been just the one minute. <laughs> but uh, then again, yeah, Woken Matt Hardy, only one minute, four seconds. So he didn't last that much longer. Dolph Ziggler was one minute, 35. Coming at number 30, that's a fucking joke, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know. Then, of course, Aiden English. Well, Aiden English just over two minutes, two minutes, six seconds. Rhino was 2 minutes 12 seconds. Got 22 seconds. What was the point of him coming out number 29 if he was only going to last like two and a half minutes? Just like number 30 who lasted 1 minute 35, yeah, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. The man who was champion for majority of last year ended up staying in there for 3 minutes 31 seconds, Jinder Mahal. Sith uh, Thyborg lasted 5 minutes in the Rumble. The Miz, 5 minutes and That's 2 seconds. A joke. I honestly thought the Miz was going to go a lot longer. Apollo Crews, 5 minutes and 7 seconds. Kofi Kingston was 5 minutes 25 seconds. Tyson Hill lasted 5 minutes 53 seconds. Adam Cole, much to my delight, lasted only 6 minutes and 34 seconds. Sami Zayn lasted 6 minutes and 48 seconds. Despite stealing it off exactly. of uh, He did come in at number 10, though. So. 10. 10. Uh, 8 minutes and 15 seconds, uh, Xavier Woods. Yeah, and then Rey Mysterio, 9 minutes 24 seconds. And the man who lasted the longest out of the whole of New Day is 13 minutes 28 seconds was Big E. Yep. Your man, Randy Orton, lasted 13 minutes 36 seconds. Seth Rollins, 18 minutes 48 seconds. Yeah, and then he had a, what, 10, 15 minute match afterwards as well, so he had a lot of action. Bray Wyatt, just under 20 minutes, 19 minutes 56 seconds. Of course, got eliminated by Matt Hardy, he was only in there for a minute. Uh, well, Matt Hardy eliminated himself and Bray. Uh, 21 minutes, 28 seconds was Roman Reigns. 24 minutes, 53 seconds, Elias. They are hot on Elias right now. 28 minutes, 33 seconds, Superman Cena. And the, I think the big surprise in the whole of the Royal Rumble was uh, the 311 boy, the NXT champion, CN, after an incredible, like you said, five-star match the night before. Lasted nearly half hour in the Royal Rumble, 29 minutes. Well, happy Rusev Day, everyone. He lasted 30 minutes, 28 seconds. And the winner of the Royal Rumble came out number 14, Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. Your pick, Dan. 44 minutes, 26 seconds. That is incredible, but not as incredible as. Finn Balor. He had 57 minutes, 38 seconds. He was the Iron Man for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and uh, of course, we didn't pick him as the Iron Man, but fair play, Finn Balor coming out at number one. Well, many of these times differ greatly from their CountWE.com's official list of survival times. As best I can tell, some of the superstars on WWE's website must also include a superstar's entire entrance time as part of the survival time. For example, they list Sheamus as surviving for 20 seconds, but he most definitely did not last that long from the time he stepped foot in the ring until the time his feet touched the floor upon elimination. Then there was a case like Rhino, who their listed time is actually shorter than your... Six seconds, so that one clearly doesn't include the entrance time. I don't know what mythology WWE used to determine these times, but it seems inconsistent. 
Well, that's not to say my times are perfect. Every listed time should be viewed with a margin of error of about three seconds or so. My best guess is that Sheamus' survival time is just a touch under three seconds. The bell to end the match did not ring until about one second after Reigns was eliminated. I counted this extra second as part of Nakamura's survival time. Yeah, that's fair enough, I suppose. Oh yeah, I just want to pick up something about the Men's Royal Rumble match. Shinzuki Nakamura, of course, I said last year, well, not last year, a couple of months ago, how mistreated he was at the Rumble uh, in WWE. And if you compare him to what Bobby Roode was doing, so last year these two were main event in NXT TakeOver for the NXT title match. This year Nakamura lasted 45 minutes and won the Men's Royal Rumble match. Bobby Roode on the kickoff, defending his US title against Mojo Rawley, and not even in the Rumble match. So that was the Royal Rumble, Men's Royal Rumble. I mean, what did you think about the Men's Royal Rumble this year? I didn't think it was too bad, actually. No, it was... Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, you had some rivalries in there. You know, I think it flowed. I don't think it's flowed as well as the women's match, but we're getting to yeah. that after. But, no, you know, for for the little bits of shock factor and... Uh, you know, the others, it was, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, I think it was much better than last year's Rumble. Actually, I think it's the best Rumble we've watched live, to be fair. I mean, 2016, 2017, I think this was better than that one. But we do move on to Universal title match. And uh, we did see it in replay during the match, but now a lot more details come out about this, doesn't it, yeah, Dan? You know? Yeah, well, what happened was, is Lesnar was pissed off because Braun was a little too snug with a knee strike to his face. And then he got up looking to send a message by smacking him square in the face. Yeah. And then he said, slow the fuck down, but it was carefully edited out of the yeah. television. Well, with Bubba Ray Dudley, he, he tweeted as well, calling it a receipt for, for obviously thinking that Strowman took advantage of Brock Lesnar. And they did show that what's weird about it, if it was like a kind of shoot, as they're saying it is, that WWE still replayed that three or four times, didn't they? That punch yeah. to the face to show it. Now, um... There's no credible reports or issues between these two men from before or after this incident. They want to finish the match like professionals, but based on what we know about professional locker room culture, a veteran, a long-time draw like Lesnar, taking issue with a popular but still green newcomer landing a two-stiff shot, and that younger star eating a few return punches less than and not retaliating, it is pretty believable, isn't it, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it kind of goes with Strowman, and it, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of Lesnar to a T as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, exactly. Lesnar's uh, probably, you know, maybe a bit shocked. You think about how much Lesnar's been paid now, Portney is to WWE. He's going to be pissed off anyway, isn't he? You know, but uh, I think for Strowman, I, I don't know if he intentionally went out to uh, hit Lesnar, but if you are wrestling a guy like Brock in any way, maybe Strowman thinks he can be as, um, I can't remember the fucking word, not, not, not snug, but you know what I mean? If they're, if they're working kind of like a hard style... Then Strowman might think, well, I'll put a few shots in as well. So it's one of these things, isn't it? You know, that you can't really um, can't really know the answer yeah. to. That was the Universal title match. Again, a better match than I thought it was going to be, to be fair to them. Uh, it kind of worked out well for that, you know, even though we knew the result, it still was enjoyable for the ones. I don't think it was a bad match at the Rumble. But we do move on to the Women's Royal Rumble match. Yes, um, well, WWE stated there would be a 90-second waiting interval between each entrant in the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble match. How well did WWE stick to that claim? Here are the waiting times between all 28 buzzers in chronological order. Yep, so first out, 1 minute 30 seconds, perfect. Good. 1 minute twenty nine, uh, one minute 49 seconds, buzzer 2 is Mandy Rose. 
And then a massive surprise of the Royal Rumble match. One minute 42 seconds. Lita came out. Two minutes 29 seconds. Kari Sane. One minute 44 seconds. Tamina. One fifty-eight was Dana Brooke at buzzer six. Yep, so nearly two minutes. And then, again, one minute, 28 seconds, Tori Wilson. One minute, 50 was Sonia Deville. One minute, 35, Liv Morgan. One minute, 23 was Molly Holly. Bang on the money. One minute, 30 was Lana. Uh, Michelle McCall was one minute, 21. Ruby Wright with two Ts, one minute, 49 seconds. Bang on the button again was Vicky Guerrero at 1 minute 30. And then Carmella came out 1 minute 44 seconds. 1 minute 22 was Natalia. 1 minute 21 was Kelly Kelly. 1 minute 25 was Naomi. And then 1 minute 40, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> That's a 19. 1 minute 26, buzzer 20 was Nia Jax. And then Ember Moon, NXT Women's Champion, came out 1 minute 56 seconds after Jax. The Glamazon was 2 minutes 3 seconds, Beth Phoenix. Oscar, no one was ready for her. Two minutes, 40 seconds, though. That is a huge <laughs> gap. One minute, 51 was Mickey James. One minute, 22 was Nikki Bella. Bang on two minutes was Brie Bella. 20 seconds, Bailey. One minute, 26 it was Trish Stratus. But what does this all mean, Dan? Well, eight of the 28 waiting periods fell within five seconds of the 90-second goal. The average waiting period was 1 minute 41 and the median time was between 1.37 and 1.38. Six different waiting periods lasted under 1 minute 25. Four different waiting periods lasted 2 minutes or over. The longest waiting period was 2 minutes 39 and this was featured and this featured Beth's entry into the match and her entire situation with Natalia's betrayal. The 1 minute 29 waiting period is where Lita entered the match and eventually eliminated Mandy Rose. The 2 minute 3 seconds waiting period included Naomi using minute <coughs> seconds waiting period included Naomi using Maria Menounos's chair to save herself from elimination. The 2 minute waiting period is where Nikki Bella entered the match and she eliminated Carmella. The interval that lasted 158 is where Lita performed many of her trademark moves, including a moonsault onto Sasha and Becky. Becky eliminated Lita, and then the 10-second countdown clock appeared. Well, Nia Jax entered the match in 1 minute 56 waiting period, and she eliminated three suits. She then tossed Naomi outside the ring, and this led to Naomi being stranded on the barricade. In a perfectly timed match, the final buzzer signaling Trish entrance would have gone off 42 minutes after the start of the match. In reality, this buzzer was at 47 minutes, 30 seconds. So basically exactly the same as what the men's rumble was as well. And like I said, overall, they, WWE did another poor job of buying to the 90-second rule. Well, the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble match lasted 59 minutes. Bang on. Uh, the survival time for a superstar is the time that lapses between the point she steps foot into the ring and the time that her feet hits the floor uh, to signal elimination. This does not, again, this does not include the time it takes for a superstar to make her way down from the entrance ramp to the actual ring, and the average survival time for the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble match was 10 minutes, 8 seconds. The median was 5 minutes, 41 seconds. And here's a full list of survival times for all 30 women. All right, so we're the least going up to the most. And at 58 seconds, excuse me, it was Vicky Guerrero. Uh, one minute, 19 seconds was Tamina. Yeah, my, well, one of my surprise entrants that I actually got right, something I got right at the Rumble, one minute, 27 seconds they lasted low was Jacqueline. One minute, 59 seconds was Beth Phoenix. Lana, two minutes, 33 seconds, a lot longer than I thought she would last. Two minutes, 41 seconds was the beautiful Tori Wilson. Dana Brooke, two minutes, 44. 
Three minutes 28. The mighty Molly Holly, three minutes 48 seconds. The Pirate Princess was four minutes 29 seconds. Bailey, four minutes 40 seconds. Kelly Kelly was four minutes 44 seconds. Liv Morgan, who, well, is Kelly Kelly, really. Four minutes 53 seconds. Didn't Trish, see them at the same time, did I? Trish Stratus was five minutes 20. Uh, Lita lasted five minutes 28 seconds. Even with her injury, Ember Moon lasted 5 minutes 54 seconds. Yep. Sonia Deville lasted 6 minutes 19 seconds. 6 minutes 33 seconds, despite saving herself. <laughs> yeah, half out on the barricade, yeah. Uh, Mickey James, 8 minutes 2 seconds. 8 minutes 24 seconds for Michelle McCall. Ruby Wright, 2 T's, 11 minutes 16 seconds. Brie Bella, 11 minutes 49. Sarah Logan, 6 minutes and 12. 16 minutes, 14 seconds for Nikki Bella. Carmella lasted 16 minutes, 57 seconds. My pick for the Iron Woman of the match, Nia Jax, was 7.42 seconds. The winner of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match, Oscar, lasted 19 minutes and 24 seconds. Natalia, 23 minutes, 12. Becky Lynch, my pick for Iron Woman of the Rumble, lasted thirty over a half hour, 30 minutes, 55 seconds. And, you know, a very impressive feat for Sasha Banks. 54 minutes, 46 seconds. Well, many of these times differ greatly from their counterparts. It seems like W's website must also include a superstar's time as part of the time because most of the times are north of mine by, well, north of yours, Dan, by about 20 seconds or so. Well, then there is the case like Carmella. <clears throat> then there is the case like Carmella or Natalia where the listed time is about two minutes apart from mine. In these cases, WWE must be counting the time they were on on the ground prior to ever entering the ring. That's not to say my times are perfect. Every listed time should be viewed with a margin of error about three seconds or so. The bell to end of the did not ring till about one second after Nikki was eliminated. I counted this extra second as part of Oscar's survival time. All right, so there was all the, uh, the facts for the women's round match. So we move on and, uh, well, after months of Ronda Rousey rumours... The former UFC superstar made an official WWE debut on Sunday. After Oscar defeated 29 other women to win the first ever Royal Rumble match, women's Royal Rumble match, Rousey's music played and she confronted Oscar and pointed to the WrestleMania 34. I'll just say, when Ronda Rousey's music hit, I automatically thought of Hit Girl. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Kick-Ass? Kick-Ass, yeah. yeah. I don't know who she... I don't know what the fuck was going on when the music hit. Um... Simultaneously, ESPNs.com. Well, this is my life now, Rousey said. First priority on my timeline for the next several years. This is not a smash and grab. This is not a publicity stunt. When I first met with Triple H, I told him there are other things I can do with my time that will make way more money, but I won't enjoy nearly as much. Well, possibly lost in the world scene was that Rousey was wearing Rowdy Roddy Piper jacket after it was given to her by his son, uh, many people didn't know that I wondered why she's wearing the jacket for and of course she's called Rowdy Ronda Rousey in tribute and she's yeah she's even got the Rowdy Piper well exactly. similar to Rowdy Piper yeah. t-shirt but um, I don't know if you saw the video of her in a photo shoot and then she hands over the jacket back to Piper's son and gives him a hug oh that's lovely then so uh, there we go USA Today reported that Rousey was finalising details to sign with the WWE like we said Rousey's a long time wrestling fan who's had involvement in WWE in the past like we said, when she made that special appearance for WrestleMania 31. The Rock crowd, they went on to beat down Triple H and Stephanie. The, that 
back then started speculation about Rousey possibly having a W role in the future, and it tensified when her UFC began to go south. After starting 12 and 0 as a professional fighter, Rousey shockingly lost to Holly Home at UFC 193. Now, Dan, when I talk about shocking, to put this into kind of wrestling perspectives, it's not Undertaker streak shocking, but it is Oscar losing streak shocking. Oscar losing to um, someone like, uh, not Nia Jax, who's the other? Tamina. Someone who'd think would beat them easily. Rousey was absolutely dominant. And then Holly Holm, big kick to head, knocked her out. Lost the UFC Bantamweight Championship. Rousey was then defeated by Amanda Nunes in less than a minute. She was fucking destroyed in that one as well. Wasn't ready. Nunes wanted to use the punches and just basically knocked her out. Well, Rowdy resurfed on the WWE radar when her friend and fellow Four Horsewomen member, Shania Baszler, entered the May Young Classic. Rousey attended all of Baszler's matches in the tournament, and there was even a partial four horsewomen interaction with Rousey, Jessamine Duke, and Maria, Marina Shafir, yeah. staring down Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. Baszler advanced to the finals where she faced Kari Sane, and there was plenty of talk about Rousey and Co. potentially getting involved. While Rousey was there, she was merely a spectator as Baszler was defeated by Sane in spectacular fashion. Well, Rousey was asked about her interest in possibly joining WWE prior to the final, but she offered def- no answers to it. Despite Rousey losing her unblemished record in UFC, she is still a massive, massive crossover star, and bringing her is a major coup, major, major coup for the WWE. Much like Brock Lesnar, Rousey will generate interest in the W product even beyond the sports entertainment world, and that makes her worth whatever it took for W to sign her. Rousey has never competed in a professional wrestling match, but she's an elite athlete and remains in a physical prime at just 30 years. How much do you think they're paying Ronda Rousey? I don't, I don't know, but, you know. A fuckload. I think it's a shit ton, isn't it? It must be uh, seven, well, at least seven, it's more than seven figures, isn't it, you know? Yeah. She must jump into that bracket of, she might get paid more than Randy Orton right now, you know, to, to quite possibly what she's doing right now. Uh, regardless of how WWE chooses to utilise her, she promised to be a major box office draw. Major, major box, box office draw. And her mere presence will generate a buzz for the company. And then we had an interview with Triple H. Right, on the day after her Electron debut, BP of Talent Live events and creative, Triple H spoke to For the Win about the story behind Sina Rousey, like we said, one of the most influential stars in all the sports. So they asked, when did you first start having our conversations about trying to bring in Ronda? It's one of those things that happened organically. I had heard about her being a big fan. There were a few things inadvertently connected with each other on without actually meeting. She came and did the ice bucket challenge with Steph when we were, when we were in LA. And then she kind of floated it out how much she loved WWE. And just her knowledge of what we do was so deep. She would mention at the time, oh, I love to do this. When I got done, this is what I want to do. She would always say that. This is what I want to do, you know. But you hear that a lot. But over the years, it slowly morphed into things. She did the stuff with us at Mania, and we just had conversations over. And then this year, it really escalated. We had not been in contact other than a little text here and there. We called her asked. We called. <clears throat> she called to ask about coming to the performance center. If she could come in there and be with a few of her friends for a bachelorette party. And we had a discussion about it. And during that discussion, boy, it really started to come up. This is something she was not just throwing out there or suggesting. It was something that she really wanted to do. 
it something the whole time. She was dead serious. Every time she mentioned it to me, on our end, you hear that a lot. It's usually just people saying something. But she was dead serious the whole time. I think the whole time, Dan, she was serious. And then they asked, with the Rumble approaching and WrestleMania a couple of months away, was there pressure to get a deal done so the timing would be perfect? It's funny. There wasn't pressure on the timing of this at all, of necessarily the Rumble part. It just really, It really just came together. There wasn't a lot of back and forth or like intense negotiations. It kept coming up in the media. And to be honest, we had conversations, but we just hadn't. Between her schedule and my son sat down and said, what do we want to do here? And she's been training the whole time, especially for WWE. She's been training intensely this whole time. And I knew that and I knew what intent was. But we had to sit down and have that deep conversation about it. Once we did, the time just worked out. Once we did... It went extremely quick from there. She was sending me bits and pieces of training footage along the way, so I knew she was serious. <clears throat> it was just a matter of getting time to sit and talk. Once we did, it was really quick, and it was the right thing. Like, hey, I'm ready to go now if you want me to do something right away. So that changed our thinking, and we went from there. Now that she's signed, in your perspective, how big of a get is Ronda Rousey for WWE? Do you expect her to bring in a new audience? Well, I think it's a huge set of eyeballs. But the thing that I'm more excited about is just the talent. I get it. From a PR standpoint, I get that she's going to bring in a different level of awareness of WWE on every level. And especially with the women's evolution going on right now in WWE. The women's rumble, the Hell in a Cell match, and all the things that are coming down the pike. The timing is perfect. But the thing I'm really excited about is the fact that this is not a one-off. It's not a, oh, I'm going to teach you to do this. You're not going to, you're going to do it one time. You're going to go away. She's here. She's a talent and she's a remarkable athlete, obviously, and a remarkable person. Yeah. So we obviously tell Triple H she's really happy about the silent on the rails. And like I say, it will bring a lot of new eyes to the business. And the last question, what kind of reaction have you been getting from the rest of the roster? And he says, I think they're thrilled. He said, it's funny, when Ronda came back, all she wanted to do was see those other girls in the Rumble and tell them how great it was. Before we brought her out, I was like, with her, what the Women's Rumble? And she's such a fan of the talent and everybody that's working, that's half of them and they're around her. Like, she's almost in awe of them in some ways, as much as they look at her, because she's from the outside. Well, she fits right in. And the funny thing is, very few people come into something like this. And I've seen, the, I've seen lots of them over 25 years. They come in, there's a difference. There's a difference in their mentality and the way they are, and it takes a little while to fit in. So, that's her current boss, well, her former boss, gave, an, gave a comment, and he said uh, Dana White, the UFC president, said he's happy for Ronda Rousey after the women's uh, MMA pioneer made her pro wrestling debut Sunday night at the Rumble. He said, I'm happy for her. That's something she's all wanted to do. Ronda continues to treat everything she's ever wanted. Well, Rousey said, this is my life now. First priority on my timeline for the next several years. This is not a smash and grab. This is not a publicity stunt. When I first met with Triple H, I told him there are other things I can do with my time that make way more money, but I won't enjoy it nearly as much. And she said, it's funny. It's kind of like acting in that it was something I've always wanted to do, but I never thought the opportunity was in the cards for me. And now I realise I really do have the opportunity. I feel like a six-year-old self would totally kick my ass if I didn't do it. Well, the intersection of WWE and UFC is far from new. Brock Lesnar has split time in both sports, becoming UFC heavyweight champion, before a bout with Diverticulis, Diverticulis caused him to retire. 
He returned at UFC 200 in July 2016 to defeat Mark Hunt, a result that was later overturned due to a positive drug test. WWE has not said whether Rousey will compete on the Raw or SmackDown brand. Well, either brand, she may not be welcomed. Yeah, because even though Triple H said the talent will be happy, we've been getting a few comments from other uh, women. They're not really, you know, they're not really looking forward to her arrival. Yeah, so Shasha, Sasha Banks not happy, and like you said, Bella said, wonder what, wonder what all the thirty other women thought after the Royal Rumble. Of course, Nia Jax as well said it was nice that Rousey came out here, and then you forgot about the historic, you thought you forgot about the historic thirty women Royal Rumble match. But Natalia, she went on to say, uh, Natalia has said the women's locker room has no problem with Rousey, but of how WWE debuted her. And I'll tell you one thing, the women's locker room, there's nothing about respect towards Ronda, no matter how anyone felt about how they debuted her. I think we're all excited about having her there because there are so many possibilities of what we can do with her. <clears throat> I'm kind of in agreement, though, because, you know, after that historic women's rumble match, you know, it was kind of like rousing. I know they'd done everything they could to keep it a surprise. But you had Oscar going for, what was it, half hour? Yeah. In a Royal Rumble match. And then Ronda Rousey to just debut and then automatically get a title shot. Well, yeah. I mean, she, it's not been confirmed as much yet. But it does take away the fact that 30 women did work their socks off in the Rumble. And then now all everybody's talking about is Ronda Rousey. Was it the right move? She should be in, in the Rumble. She should have made a debut the night after. Would it have made that much difference, you know? The fact remains that Rousey is a huge game changer in not only women's division WWE as well. And with only being 30 years old, there is so much potential there for Rousey. If she's serious, if she wants to stay and do it, you know. The problem is with Brock Lesnar, originally when he first came in, he was happy doing it for a couple of years until he had to work the, the, the house shows and do all these other events and all these publicities, you know. And he didn't want it in the end. So does Rousey want it? Obviously, she's a she loved wrestling back in the day. Of course, Rowdy Roddy Piper, all them lot. I think for me, it's a match made in heaven. But she needs to earn in a weird way. She has to earn the respect of the the women's locker room, plus earn the respect of wrestling fans. Because yeah, she's a big MMA fan, uh, star, UFC star. But the last couple of appearances she's had have been really bad defeats. You know, so we'll just have to see what happens as we move along. Indeed, yes. You know, will she be a, a female Brock Lesnar? The potential is there. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. potential is there. So, incredibly, that was all Sunday into Monday. And then we also had Monday Night Raw, which is in the same place as well as uh, as SmackDown Live. But we also found out we had other news on Monday, didn't we? Yes. Uh, well, the wrestling duo, which comprises of Abba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley, have been announced for the 2018 Hall of Fame and will be handed the honour on April the 6th at the Smoothie King Centre in New Orleans. I mean, we have boring titles at O2. They've got the Smoothie King Centre, you know. Well, in 1996, the Dudley Boys went from being two sides of a family feud to join forces and become one of the greatest pair of tag team partners in the world. Well, famous for slamming their opponents through tables, this duo annihilated most who stepped in the ring with them. Alongside the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, these three tag team champions came together for the TLC match at SummerSlam in 2000 
and again on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania 17. Yeah, we watched both of those TLC matches and they are they still hold up to this day. It was in 2005 when they left WWE, but not without a string of successes under their belt, including eight-time World Tag Team Champions, WWE Tag Team Champions, as well as a year as WWE Tag Team Champions. It wasn't until ten years later that the jury returned to WWE for a stellar year, yeah, where they wowed against a number of modern-day wrestling stars. They also appeared at the most recent Raw 25, where they put Heath Slater through a table with one of their famous 3Ds. The Dudley Boys will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and the ceremony which takes place on April the 6th during the WrestleMania 34 week in New Orleans. And of course, we'll be doing it for a third year now, our Hall of Fame special that we do. We'll have a match for each of the inductees, and I mean, already, and the Dudley Boys. So I think the uh, match quality is going to pick up this year's Hall of Fame special. Well, WWE.com released the following regarding uh, Jonathan Coachman as well. Well, Coachman's TV announcing duties will officially begin tonight when he joins Michael Cole and Corey Graves at the Team Red announce desk. Meanwhile, WWE Hall of Fame Booker T will resume his duties as panellists and W's pay-per-view kickoff broadcast and will continue to make appearances on Raw and beyond as a WWE Well, the coach began appearing on WWE television as an interviewer in the 1999 during the Attitude Era, as a frequent foil of The Rock. Later expanding to his role, including tenures as Raw commentator, interim Raw general manager, and even as an in-ring competitor on multiple occasions. Yeah, I mean, the coach started off annoying, but I, I quite liked him in the end, especially with the kind of teaming up with Eric Bischoff that he did. And following nearly a decade as an on-the-air personality at ESPN, which included with his off-the-top-rope segment, Coachman is back to call the action on Monday Night Raw. And like I said, they released this tweet. At the Coach Rules has signed with at WWE and makes his official return to the Raw announced team tonight. Like we said, Coachman left WWE in 2008 for ESPN. Coach was a regular for the Disney subsidiary, but in 2015, he was the primary conduit between WWE and ESPN as the latter began filming, filling in more of the former's content. Looks like that was just an appetizer for Coachman as he is now back full-time with his old company. The return of the coach should be a lot of fun. With a strong connection to some of WWE's wilder days, Coachman developed a memorable, albeit hateable character and his addition to the broadcast team is a welcome one. So now we move on to, Dan, your favourite time of the week. It is now time for the Raw. Uh, Dan, believe it or not, I watched it this week. Yeah, I watched Raw. <laughs> WWE Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon kicked off the show, introducing Oscar to a big pop. But was quick to announce the first ever Women's Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge announcement, isn't it? Just coming off the hills of Rumble. Elimination Chamber, one of, the most, well, one of your favourite matches, Dan, isn't it? It is, yeah, I do enjoy the Elimination Chamber, and the match will be for Alexa Bliss's Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, I mean, they are, they're hard-hit matches, they're still on the outside, you can imagine them taking the bumps, so having the women there, especially six of them, yeah, and Alexa Bliss is in serious trouble now on the road to WrestleMania, isn't she? She is indeed, yes, and, uh, you know, she's probably one of the only people that is ready for Oscar, <laughs> yeah. you know, being a bit biased here, but, um, no, you know, Oscar, unwavering in her self-belief, once again exclaimed... No one is ready for Oscar. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. But she was interrupted, wasn't she, James? She was interrupted, yeah. Sasha Banks came out. And uh, I tell you what, I've been a huge fan of Sasha Banks, haven't I, these past couple of years, especially on this podcast. And finally we saw a bit of the boss character showing up on Raw, saying, yeah, I lasted like nearly an hour last night. 
at the Rumble. And I've, I've been there, done it before. I'm not going to back down from you, Oscar. And there was a really cool uh, head-to-head between the two. But what I thought was disappointing, they showed the Ronda Rousey thing, the the, the whole Rumble ending at you know, the start of the night of the video. And it looked, for all intents and purposes, that Ra- Ronda Rousey was actually going to be there as well, which I thought was a bit disappointing. But they made up for it in the Oscar Banks one, and of course they set up a match for later on with uh, Oscar. Could Banks beat the streak? You know, Was she ready for Oscar? Well, yeah, you know, and uh, Stephanie made that match official, and, you know, that... That got us our first, uh, our first matchup. Well, confirmed matchup of the night. Yeah. But up next, we had a last man standing elimination chamber qualifier, and that was the monster among men against the big red machine. Yeah, I mean, because not only did the women's have the elimination match, got the men's elimination chamber match, which I thought was again really unfair because elimination chamber match was one of the hardest match types that you can get. So you have to not only win a match to qualify for that, but then if you do win that match, then you have to face Brock Lesnar. It's not, you know, it's not like the, yeah. the easiest way of going about it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You know, I'll probably lose that match on purpose, yeah. but, you know. But you talk about Strowman, of course, getting hit in the face real for Lesnar, so I guess he was ready Monday night for Kane, wasn't he? Yeah, well, the rivalry between Strowman and Kane came to a head Monday night on Raw as they met in a last-man-standing bout that also served up as a qualifier match for the upcoming Elimination Chamber event. And again, the Monster Among Men, he was uh, destructive, shall we say, in his match. Both men was going backwards and forwards, and uh, he ended up crushing Kane underneath the announcers. Not just the announcers' table, but the actual whole stage around yeah. it as I well. I mean, what did you think of that stunt? Because you know? I know Strowman's done a lot of stunts now. But I, 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 I wasn't 100% sure. I, I, nah. Because, like they said, it brought around a little bit, and then Kane was beaten down. And then I think Strowman... I, I, it obviously, it was set up so it could fall, if yeah. you know what I mean. But it's still, I think quite because it's like you said, an ounce table on a kind of another table. I'm sure Kane was safe on impact there. Yeah. But then I started thinking like the announce table was up like that throughout the night, so people were near like the right hand side couldn't really see the entrance. Nah. Because we were the, that's what I, I had my fault. Not like yeah. oh my god, that's so impressive. I was like I wouldn't be able to see a fucking thing if I was there. It was it was quite an impressive match. What did you think of the match? Since you watched Raw, so I'm going to ask for your input as well. Yeah, I know. I finally watched Raw. Uh, I, yes, again, it was a really quick match, wasn't it? So it was over double Strowman. Was his destructive best. Uh, and he got the, got the victory and then got the microphone as well. Well, Corey Graves asked him, yeah. you know, that was a bit brutal. Why'd you do that? And uh, Strowman answered simply, I did my job. Kurt Angle said last man standing. And... That's what it was. Exactly. So, you know, Strowman does go through the chamber. And who would bet against Strowman winning at Elimination Chamber and facing Lesnar at WrestleMania? I work, the guy's on a bit of a row at the moment, isn't he? You know, yes. So. Well, up next, we had a, another Elimination Chamber qualifying match, and that was Woken Matt Hardy versus the GPD. Well, there's two ways they could have gone with that. If Woken Matt Hardy maybe got a victory and then Bray got a qualifying match victory and they went through, maybe that would have worked. But... They decided to go down a different route yeah. <laughs> and have uh, Matt Hardy going against Elias. Matt Hardy, I think he was he was up through most of the match. Yeah. Bray Wyatt came on the big... Well, his music hit yeah. or it went dark and Matt Hardy expected him to come down. He didn't, got caught with a drift away. Elias was 
rewarded with that by going against Braun Strowman and then possibly on to face Lesnar. Yeah, exactly. So he's in the chamber match. But how hot are they on GPD at the moment? We usually see this. And especially around WrestleMania time as well, they usually focus on the, the kind of established acts rather than the new guys. Uh, but GPD, going at the Rumble, about 25 minutes, had the great moment of Raw 25 laying out Cena, and now beating Matt Hardy with the drift away, yeah, thanks to distraction, but still getting in that match. You know um, there's going to be a confrontation down the road between him and Cena that's happening, yeah. and now being involved in what will be probably the, the main event of it, you know, it, I think it's, it's great for him. You know, And for someone who had did nothing in NXT was just like a throwaway character yeah. I think that kind of helped him in a weird way he's come to Raw and McMahon must see like oh no let's think about him and there is something about him they chant along to We Want Elias he's good with the guitar stick isn't he he gets the yeah. crowd uh, rolled up and stuff I mean you could argue if he's a good worker or not but I don't think he's been I, I couldn't I haven't got really any complaints. I wouldn't say he's he's been terrible. Yeah, exactly. He's just a guitar playing douche. Yeah, he's a GPD, and you know. And also, that goes to show if you enter a feud with Bray Wyatt, it sticks for a fucking long time. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. You are you are stuck for at least a year. <laughs> you look at Bray Wyatt's last three feuds. What it be Orton, <laughs> Orton Balor, and now Hard. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. We hope the feud ends at Royal Rumble 2019. That'll be good. Um, up next, James, a match that you would probably be been happy to watch, and that's the Intercontinental Championship rematch. Yeah. Roman Reigns versus the awesome one, The Miz. For me, this, I think this is the first trilogy, weirdly enough, we're doing that episode today. But uh, what I remember, of course, Reigns beating The Miz first time around for the title, which I thought was a great match. Then on Raw 25, I thought, again, really, really good. And then this one here, I mean, I think for me... Maybe a little bit too much interference from the Miztourage, even though that's what they're paid to do, basically. But I still think the chemistry between Reigns and Miz is off the chart. I mean, what do you think of the match? Yeah, it, it was quite a good match. A, you know, a good back and forth. I think Miz performed quite well in Reigns, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't fault them. Again, you can't say, like, oh, no, this is... But they know who their character is. You know, Reigns has now matured in that kind of ugly guy now and, you know, the big superstar. Miz is this kind of terrific hill that is just so textbook and you know in the championship way you know he's going to try and take the easy way out again during the match it's the storytelling as well of trying to undo that second turnbuckle uh, you know trying to get rid of that turnbuckle like he did 25 this time kind of getting stopped in yeah. that way didn't he and you then know? you know Reigns his downfall was getting distracted by the Miz Tourage and you know he was fighting them off but then they you know they kept coming back to Miz's aid and you know, it is getting a bit boring for the Miz, though, you know. I would like to see him win clean. I, d- I don't but I know, but, you know, it yeah, goes I with know, the character. I know, but, but if they're going to do that, then they need to start, you know, if the fans start getting behind the Miz like they have been, then maybe there's a potential there to still be that kind of cocky, arrogant guy, but start getting the proper victories. But I, I think the thing is, for, for the Miz to have two victories over Roman Reigns in two weeks, considering Reigns is going to be the guy who goes to WrestleMania to beat Lesnar is a huge achievement for him no matter what. Uh, and I think the Miz could possibly, I mean, I don't know how old he is now, but I mean, this position in the card, it could be his for however long he wants it. You know, he is the edge of the Intercontinental title. You know, he every time they need someone to fill a gap or to hold the title, they give it to the Miz and, and he just does it so well. And again, another thing he does, not to keep praising the Miz, but whoever joins by his side, 
gets that kind of rub off him as well. We look at Sandow, Alex Riley, even though it didn't work out for them afterwards, when they were with The Miz, it's the same with Axel and, and Dallas. It's all right if you're with The Miz, just don't ever leave him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't, don't leave him. And at the Miz, at the moment, they, it, it doesn't, in storyline sense, they could be right behind him. What I think would be interesting, there'd been talk about WrestleMania match between Strowman and uh, Miz for the IC title. You, I mean, if that was the case, you know, the Miz might get destroyed, but the Miztourage would have a huge role to play in that match, yeah, getting thrown around. <laughs> but then there's also rumours of um, the club versus the Miztourage as well. Yeah, I mean, I would rather see Miz in a one-on-one match, like Miz versus Bella for the IC title, I think, as a potential. But then you'll have the club and the Miztourage, you know, cancel each other out of the outside of the ring. Exactly. So, uh, And we can have a really good match there because I think the Miz wants to put on good wrestling matches as well, weird as that says, you know, the kind of moves he's got from Daniel Bryan. He likes using them and he's he's good at them, you know. But anyway, enough about the Miz, move on. Well, up next we had just a standard tag match and that was Heath Slater and Rhino against the Revival. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rhino and Slater. Um... I don't know what they're doing with the revival, but at least they've no. had two victories in a row now. So I suppose, yes, things are looking up. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically, you know, it was just basic tag match really with the revival getting their victory. One thing I did like about it, I know Dash Dawson. We've talked about it before being a great tag team. It was a promo afterwards because during the match, uh, the fans were ch- I can't remember what the fucking chanting ECW. Chant ECW, ECW, and then Dasha Dawson got the microphone, and uh, it was Wilder. He says, "Look, he said, we're not here to get uh, get ourselves. You know, he said, we're not here like the crowd to try and get themselves over." Chant ECW. Uh, we we don't just try and chant about the past. We we want to look at the past and then better that now. And that's what the rival are. You know, no, no. What is it? No flips, just fists. Uh, yeah, I think that's what the rival are trying to say there. They're kind of going old school in their way. That's what they said. They said, oh, what do you think of like, the Armstrongs? And the fans, they go, exactly. You don't know anything about wrestling history. You just you try and chant shit to make yourself over, and then you don't respect the past. We we look at the past, and then that's what we become now with a rival. Which, yeah. an old school tag team gimmick like that for the rival is, is perfect for them. And they can deliver those great matches as well. So, what's that, my love? So, that's what I would do. Put the revival in against tag teams and then see how they go. I think the revival would be better on SmackDown, though. Yeah. I would love to see them in with the Usos and with uh, Gable and Benjamin at the moment. I think that that would those three teams could put on something fucking brilliant. Well, up next on Raw, we had some sorts of a dream match. Oscar squaring off with Sasha Banks for the first time in singles competition. You know, Oscar started off quick out of the blocks as she always does, uh, working on the arm. Um, yeah, the boss turned it round though and took control of the match heading into the break. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think the thing is, right, with with Oscar, what she has uh, is the fact is with the streak now, if they build it up, uh, if any defeat or any time she's in trouble in a match is a big moment. And I think they tried to do this in, uh, in this match. I think it worked really well. I think when Sasha Banks had her in the bank statement, there was a genuine thought of, oh shit, Oscar's stuck in the middle of the ring. Maybe she'll get um, tap out. I think when it turned, um, no, I love Sasha Banks, but I think she's a little bit of a botcher. Well, not a botcher, yeah. but maybe like a little bit, uh, I don't know. You, obviously, you saw the suicide dive to the outside she did on Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I think her foot 
got caught on the second rope. She basically fell down head first, and Oscar caught with a kick at the same time, which looked fucking awesome at that point, but you just yeah. thought, oh, Jesus Christ. It could have gone a lot worse. Yeah. Oscar threw in the ring, hit with a fucking knee to the face, which looked awesome again. And then she did this fucking combination that just looked like it killed Sasha Banks, you know, with yeah. kicks and stuff. You're like, fucking Oscar is a killer. Banks, to her credit, showed the fight. Again, bank statement. But Oscar, I think she transitioned from the bank statement into the Oscar lock. And when you get caught in the Oscar lockdown, well, there's nothing you can fucking do, is there, really? You know? No, you are fucked. <laughs> and uh, Banks found that way and tapped out. But I think it was a really good match, considering Banks nearly killed herself a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd like to see them working again so they can get a bit more chemistry between each other. And, they, you know, they could possibly even better that match, even have a five-star match. Absolutely yes. perfect for the women's revolution. Yeah. Well, because you know both women can do it. We've seen Banks do it before with Bailey that magic. But it's that Sasha Banks boss character that comes yeah. out strong. Like, no backing down from Oscar, which she showed. And, of course, we know how good Oscar is. And uh, it, it could potentially be something... You know, I just imagine in a year's time at WrestleMania, the undefeated Rousey versus the undefeated Oscar. And we're working towards that. You know, I mean, that is a match that I would pay to... We had a... Uh... Tag Team Championship match, and that was Titus Worldwide. Titus. <laughs> against The Bar. So Apollo Crews, again, right? Again, what, so why did they have this? Why were the tag team titles on the line for? I've no idea. I, I think it's because Titus and um, Apollo have had a couple of upset victories over The Bar the past couple of weeks, so now they get But again, it's another match where Cruz and Sheamus botched something up. Cruz nearly broke his fucking neck on it, didn't he? You know? yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a hurricane runner. They just both like, Ugh! and then Cruz, to his credit, just popped right back up. And he was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. After the match, he wasn't. You know? <laughs> yeah. But Titus and Neil and Apollo Cruz won the tag team titles then, didn't they? It was unbelievable. No, oh, well, not no, quite. No. no. Uh, you know, it wasn't a bad match. You know, I've, I've seen better was... It was good back and forth between the two teams. You know, you had the classic beat down, hot tag into Cruz, who... <laughs> yeah, and then you had the, the white noise combination from Seamus and Cesaro, who retained the titles. Mm. No, I see no Rollins and Jordan here tonight as well. Maybe Rollins then. is injured, I think. Well, they said, they said Jordan was in it, and they said Rollins was, had a back injury, but even though he went 20 minutes in the Rumble and he had another match... He was on Twitter yesterday, CrossFit, saying, fake news, I have not got an injury, I'm perfectly healthy. Now, it doesn't mean he hasn't got an injury, like we're saying, but he's saying that he's fine, he wants to go WrestleMania. But, uh, you know, even Seth Rollins, I mean, how much has Seth Rollins gone down in this past six months now, you know? This guy was, what, the future WWE at some point, WWE champion, beat Triple H last year, and now... What are they do- honestly, yeah. what are they doing? I don't know. I don't know. What's that my life? Well, it's kind of like they, you know, they brought the shield back together again, not definitively broken them up, but you know, obviously, there's as as we mentioned before, there's a lot of untimely accidents. Dean Ambrose is out injured. Reigns has been out injured. So they've not really had a chance to perform as a unit. Yeah, like they could have done. You know, I was watching the match Cena against the big guy Ryback. Yeah, when the Shield made their debut, and you know, it was very impressive. Uh, and, yeah, you know, we've not seen that of the Shield of late. You know, well, I'd like to have seen the old Shield. 
we, we, exactly. But, I mean, Ambrose injury and, of course, you know, everything that's happened since then. But it's eight months now, incredibly. Eight months since the, the Seth Rollins and Ambrose started their feud with the bar. That's how long that feud. We talk about Bray Wyatt's feud long. <laughs> it's eight months. So, because this, you know, obviously we had the Ambrose and Rollins, would they, won't they kind of relationship. Finally did happen, didn't it, back at SummerSlam. Yeah. Cool stem, the Shield reunion went wrong. Ambrose injury, uh, Reigns injury first, sorry, then Ambrose. So now Rollins is stuck with Jordan. Are they going to go with Jordan and Rollins at WrestleMania in a kind of forgettable mid-card match? Or are they going to have it sooner and then maybe put Angle with Jordan? If that's the case, then what happens to Rollins? Will he just yeah. be a dude in the fucking Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal? You know, Th- this is Rollins' problem at the moment. That kind of saw our first year of the podcast as WWE champion and such. That injury, we, we this is why going off subject a little bit that's why injuries are so bad in wrestling because once you're out of position in the card yeah. you get injured you lose it Balor exactly Balor you can't come then come back and get it nah. exactly Balor had it all but because of that injury it was then given away and, and this is why you know you ask well why do wrestlers work with injuries for it's because they don't want to lose their fucking spot on the card yeah. <laughs> there's only a select few wrestlers who can go away and then come back in that same position they still keep their heat but look at Randy Orton at the moment you know, what what they do with Randy, like, he showed up at the Rumble, yeah, but he's not in a feud at the moment. There's no. no direction, is there? Well, um, from what I understand, Randy Orton's going to be not so much taking leave of absence, but he's going to be putting in less performances. Obviously, you know, he's been around since 2002. Yeah. He hasn't had the time off that Lesnar has. He hasn't had the time off that Cena has. He's always been pretty much a constant. You know, he's had his odd injuries and niggles, but... You know, most of last year he was going for the heavyweight champion. Yeah, he, he was heavyweight champion last year. Yeah. You know, he was in a feud with Jinder Mahal for three, four months. He's, you know, been at the top there. He's featured in a few Dream Team matches. You know, he's always been there or thereabouts. And this year, you know, he's going to be taking a bit of time off. He's going to be taking a bit of a backseat to spend time with his wife and kid. You know, obviously it's it's what he should do. Yeah. Um, he's not getting any younger. He's helping... Younger talent come through. He still gets a brilliant reception every time he yeah, comes yeah, down to the ring. But this is, the problem is, like you said, it's overexposure, isn't it? And this is what killed yeah. WCW, what we're finding out now 20 years ago. The fact that they kept using Hogan week in, week out. People like Nash week in, week out. And people just got bored. There was no one else coming up. There was no one else coming through. Yeah. And if Orton does want to do that, and you know, even think about tweaking his character, because you look at the Randy Orton character itself, he's not really had that many changes in recent times. No, he's kind of, he's kind of gone a bit bland with it as yeah. well. You know, he's he's not been here nor there. He's just been Randy Orton. Yeah. I mean, he? we obviously don't want to see like a list of Orton, but maybe something a little bit different to kind of spice it up, you know, whether it's another hill turn for Orton and a different side of that character or, yeah. you know, the kind of... But then again, he's still young, isn't he? He's not, he's not, he's not as old as most people think. Just because he, yeah, just because he's been around. He, yeah, yeah, he's no older than 40, is he? So yeah. he said he's got another 10 years and Dan would put something in him as well. But... <laughs> Yeah, enough of that. But um, and then we had another qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber, and that was John Cena against Finn Balor. Yeah, this was the main event. I thought Raw flowed quite well on Monday night. Yeah, there was no cruiserweights. I think that's that's what helped. You know, no disrespect to the cruiserweights, but not having that breaking up the momentum of the show. Yeah, you know, it did flow really well, and you know, it, it the last match was Cena versus Balor. Yeah, so we already had uh, two men qualify for the Elimination Chamber, so we find out the third man. Yeah, we've got GPD and Strowman. And then uh, Balor came out with the club with uh, 
at Ganson and Al- uh, Ganson and with Anson and Gallows. He came out with them, so I thought, oh, they'll be out maybe during ringside with him, maybe help him out. But then they kind of disappeared, didn't they? <laughs> Once the match started, Cena came yeah. out. I think they kind of realised that, you know, Balor's not going to be the heel in this match, so they're not going to be by his side. Yeah, but I thought that would have been quite cool if the bar had got involved, you know, and Balor was like... Bar, the club. Uh, the club had got involved and Balor was like, yeah, you know, this is what I want, or even like, what are you guys doing? Might have been a bit too similar to what they did with AJ Styles, didn't they? I think last yeah. year when AJ was like, oh, don't you get involved in my matches. But what did you think of the scene of Balor? First time ever meeting, Dan. What do you think of it? Um, it wasn't a bad meeting between the two of them. Um, it was beach balls. You know, that was a bit, you know, it's already been done. It was funny when it happened. You don't need to do it again. Find something else to do. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible match, but it wasn't anything to write home about either. Yeah, I think that's, I don't think it was a, a bad match. I think they, uh, Mesh quite. I mean, Cena's going to do what Cena does, isn't he? You know, he's going to pull out the same moves that he does. And uh, but the only thing I didn't like Balor for the whole match was that stupid fucking grin on his face. Like, I know maybe he's happy to be out there in front of the fans or whatever. But come on, son, let's just show a bit of aggression there. Let's just show a little bit of fire and desire. You know, Austin didn't come out all the time with a stupid fucking look at his face. Even you know, he was when he meant when wrestlers mean business, they mean business. And this is the difference between a real superstar and you know. I don't know what's going on. But then one might argue that he's kind of defining his character between the demon and between Finn Balor. You know, the demon, uh, Finn Balor's all happy-go-lucky. And, you know, he's he's that. And then when he gets serious, he's the demon. Yeah, but it, Finn Balor himself needs to be, uh, I think, needs to start having an edge of size and a, and a bit more like that. Because otherwise... If Balor keeps going down the way he is and be forgotten about, again, another guy who could potentially be a kickoff match or, you know, what's best for Balor? Like, maybe a ladder match for the Intercontinental title or in the Andre Giant more about Royal six-man tag team match, like I said, with Miz Taraj. I mean, Balor's got to be careful because otherwise they just won't care about the Demon Cats anymore, you know? It yeah. doesn't matter if Balor comes out. You know, if the, de- if the Demon's there, that's the potential. You need to kind of get behind the mystique of that as well and build Balor up and... I, I don't know. With him losing clean to Cena, I was a little bit surprised. I'm not going to lie. UPD could have come down. Maybe the the club would have got involved. But alas, they wanted to go this way, didn't they? They wanted to go Cena, GPD in the chamber match. And then, um, obviously, save Balor for St. Catherine. So he might have a chance in a, in a last chance battle royal. So I don't know what they're going to do. But I didn't yeah. think Raw was too bad. This, no, this, this It wasn't bad on the whole. As you say, you know, it flowed quite well. I still think it goes on for a bit too long. I still think they could tell exactly the same story, but, yeah. you know, like they do in NXT, but, you know, you, you've got to put up with what you got, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, oh, we're talking about Coachman, I think, I think the Coachman did quite a good job. Their announce table was destroyed, so they moved up to ringside. Uh, and I think the coach kind of settled in quite well, and there's a few times the com- a commentary even set Corey Graves straight, which I think Graves has kind of free reign over commentary at the moment with uh, what he can say and get away, get away with. We've seen on SmackDown with yeah. his interaction with, um, what's his face? Is it Byron Saxton? Uh, yeah. Or was it Todd Phillips? You know, when he tells him to shut up and stuff like this. Oh, can I get a hallelujah? Yeah. yeah. Not you, Saxton. Yeah, not you, Saxton. Yeah, with Saxton and stuff. And I don't think, I, I thought it was good the coach saying, oh, wait a minute, Graves. You know, this is, this is what I'm going to say. I don't know what you've just said then, but let me just try and call this match. But anyway, we talked about that. 
And WWE did tease the Ronda Rousey appearance on Raw. Uh, we probably should have known. Uh, USA interviewed David Triple H familiar day, told us she wouldn't be. Rousey left Philadelphia to turn to the Columbia, where she's shooting the movie Mile 22 with Mark Wahlberg. According to the man who signed her, she, was, she has to finish that and then get back to training for her full-time job as a professional wrestler before she's be back on our screens. Well, have you looked into how much um, WWE went into to try and basically hide her from being announced at the Rumble? Uh, well, apparently she took a flight on her own. She didn't fly with any of her entourage or her partner because it would have increased her getting noticed. She was brought in basically with 10, 15 minutes to go before the end of the Women's Rumble match. You know, no one knew about it on site. You know, it was really kept hush-hush. Yeah, I mean, in that interview we talked about earlier with, with Triple H, he goes into detail about kind of keeping it such a secret. And like I said, it's, it's in the social media age. Anything like that, a tweet or a picture. You know, the amount of rumours that were around, like, I'm taking us backstage at Rumble and all these people. It was like, Bobby Lashley's there now, you know. And it was, you kind of get this hype. And the way they did it with Rousey uh, worked really well. But you have to keep it in a kind of tight circle, don't you? Yeah, so only, like, a yeah. few people have to know this. You but know? then, you know, on, on the other side of things, how many people said Rousey was going to be at the Rumble anyway? Loads yeah, and loads of people yeah. said, you even had her on your... On your shit as well, didn't you? No, I didn't have Rousey oh, didn't down. No, no, no. Did you have Rousey down as an entry? No. Nah. Oh, right, no. So, yeah, but loads of people did say Rousey would be there. But Triple H said she'll finish up this movie and then she's in. She'll be at the form centre. She'll be training and working with us every day and we'll see where it goes. It's not for lack of desire or motivation, if anything. The two times she's been at form centre training, we've had to try to get her back up, to try to get her to back off because she would train all day and all night if we let her. Now, without a producer's credit, I've been... I haven't been able to learn exactly where Mile 22 rats filming in Bogota and Atlanta or how long Ronda will need. Even absent that information, it doesn't sound like we should expect to see her Raw on SmackDown in the near future since she has to work on the movie, then hit the PC for more training. And Trips doesn't even sound positive. He knows how long it would take before they feel comfortable putting in a ring in front of 10,000 plus fans. Because this is the thing. I mean, Rousey knows what it's like to be in front of a crowd, but wrestling-wise, you don't want her to go up against someone for a 10-minute match and it to just be like kind of Kelly Kelly versus um, Jackie Gaydar bad. You know what I mean? You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't be like, that's the problem. Well, from a personal opinion, I know she's a big name and she's a big draw, but, you know, I, I think she's going to need a lot more work, you know. I've been a wrestling fan for all my life, but I don't think I'll be able to jump straight in the ring. You know, we've had our backyard wrestling years and years yeah. ago, you know, mucking about and doing bits and pieces. And... You know, it's it's all good in that way, but you know, we we know she can take a hit, we know she can deliver moves, um, but you know, I, I don't think she deserves to be in a WrestleMania main event, not appearing on Raw and SmackDown for the next month or so. So she's, you know, it's not going to be until a, at least a month before WrestleMania that yeah. she's going to be performing on Raw and SmackDown. I know she's going to get a bit of time in the performance center. Well, the talk was, like, there's not so many rumours. They wanted Rousey to team up with the Rocket Mania versus Triple H and Stephanie. Now, for what we saw at Rumble, that didn't make any sense, did it? No. You know, because she shook Stephanie's hand. Now, if I was going to do it, because I'm going to do a couple of bit of fancy bookings, right? First up, with Ronda Rousey, put her in a match against Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania, right? So you have Oscar challenging Charlotte. You have that big money match there. 
right? And you have Oscar obviously going over in Charlotte. 20 minute, 25 minute fucking affair. Still WrestleMania. Rousey versus Bliss. It's over in 10 seconds, Dan. I know you love Bliss, but she comes to try and get Rousey. Rousey catches her. Judo takedown. Armbar. Bang. Tap out. Title. And then Rousey can then continue to learn. She can have a defense. Unlike Lesnar, defend your title every raw pay-per-view. You know, carry on like this. But you're getting trained in between. And like you say, you're building up towards Rousey versus Oscar. Because Oscar's going to dominate whatever division So you basically, would you say the Goldberg route would be short yeah. matches, eventually getting longer and longer and longer until you're, you know, you've got the confidence yeah. up. And then you build up this kind of, you, you kind of build up this thing when you see Rousey. You go, oh my God, Rousey, she had, the match only going to last fucking 20 seconds in this one, you know. Yeah. And, oh my God. And then she does do that. And then you've got people like Nia Jax but then, you put up against. But then what would you have going into Clash of Champions? Where the inevitable, you know, or Survivor Series, Survivor where it's inevitably well, that, Oscar versus Rousey. Exactly, that could potentially happen. But exactly as that, what I would do then is I'd have Oscar get green injury through someone uh, on the SmackDown side, her having to relinquish the SmackDown title after a face-to-face with Rousey at some point, saying, I will fight you at some point. Oscar title, come back at Rumble, wins the second rum- women's Rumble ever, back-to-back. And then she goes forward and faces Rousey for the title at WrestleMania. So you're still keeping the two titles apart, obviously, but you have Oscar and Rousey on Raw. And then you can build up the next threat on SmackDown. And, but then people say, well, what would you do, Rousey, Oscar at Mania? Oscar would beat Rousey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't sacrifice Oscar for anything now. No. Oscar, for me, Oscar is the kind of crowning jewel in the women's division. I know Rousey is fantastic, but Rousey has lost before. You know, everybody knows about Rousey's losses. No one knows about Oscar's losses. The last time she lost was two weeks before she joined the Performance Centre in a match in Japan. And that was over, like, two and a half years ago now. So you need to build the Oscar thing up. Like the Untaker thing. This streak works. We know it does. So to have that excitement with Oscar, eventually have someone from the Performance Centre, someone like Numpf, beating Oscar, or whoever you want. Do you know what I mean? But at this moment, you kind of need to protect her but at least for the next, you know, look at the next five years. And then you can build up Rousey versus Oscar rematch in the future. Big business and shit, but then, you know. you know, we'll get to a point where, just like Undertaker at WrestleMania, every match against Oscar will be career versus streak. Or, oh, you know, yeah. this versus streak, that versus streak. And, you know, you can you can get matches like that as well. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, and every woman, that's perfect, Nikki Bella, you know, wants a retirement match, if I can beat you, yeah, if not, bang like that. Sure, Michael's versus the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like, thank you, I love you, and Oscar just takes her out. You Boom. know, even stuff like this, Kari Sane, take, and it, it's about taking Oscar to the limit. How close can, like, Kari Sane is mere, you know, a second away from beating Oscar, or, or it takes her to a limit, and then a star is born, then you didn't beat Oscar, but fucking hell, you, you hung with her, and you showed that you belong in the wrestling ring and you do it that way if they want to be serious about the women's division that's what you do you know that's that's the way I see it Uh, well anyway as I was rudely interrupted it's time for the Smackdown summary oh yeah sorry that was Monday now we move on to Tuesday of course yes and uh, well Nakamura kicked off the show uh, by recording his Royal Rumble accomplishments and promising to win the WWE title at Wrestlemania Owens and Zayn interrupted to complain about their title match. They claimed Kevin Owens didn't tag in before Styles pinned him. And Styles immersed the challenge heels to a tag team match, but they did not accept. The champ and the Rumble winner were able to land a shot in the mouth to the pests before they retreated. 
Yeah, I mean, Nakamura came out, like I said, to begin with. Don't give Nakamura a microphone by himself. No. I, I, I love Mac- Nakamura, I really do. But he came out to the crowd and he said it was rubbery. No, he came out to the crowd and he said that it was great that he won the Royal Rumble. But it would have been a lot better if it was Renee Young or Dash's friend, whoever in the ring, going, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 2018 Royal Rumble winner, Nakamura. So, Nakamura, you've won a title opportunity and you've said you want to face AJ Styles. And then he can either go, AJ Styles, come on. Or he can point at the sign or do the title belt thing and then be interrupted, you know. And trying to not make... The difference between Oscar's primary on Monday and Nakamura's yeah. on Tuesday is completely different. At least Oscar did it in Japanese, didn't she, you know? Yeah. Even though she did then eventually say, I want Women's Championship WrestleMania. But Nakamura was like, oh, God. But Owens and Zayn, I, I do like I do like them. AJ I, Styles, the winner. You are losing. <laughs> yeah, I like that interaction of Styles again. With Nakamura, would we maybe see a tag team main event match set for later? Oh, no. Or could we have a, what was it, WrestleMania 23, Shawn Michaels and John Cena, just before then they teamed up to win a tag team gold? Exactly, exactly. Who, what could possibly happen? Uh, well, you know, yeah, Styles, he said, I say we turn this dream match into a dream team. Fuck's sake. Why are the term dream team being used all the time? Nakamura Randy Orton dream team. I'm Styles sorry, it's, it's not a dream team unless it is Orton, Nakamura and Styles. So, but is any... Oh, oh, hang on a minute. Reigns and uh, Battle Team, that's a dream team. They're, they're teaming up there. Oh, Smackdown, wait a minute. Look, we've got uh, Owens teaming up with Baron Corbin. That's a dream team, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just everything's a dream team now. Makes it, just, it takes it away from the point of being dream. This is a dream match, dream team. The Styles Nakamura match is not it it, it, it be for the WWE Championship, but we have seen it before, you know. And, and Styles and Nakamura, Styles needs to do his best yeah. to make Nakamura get over with the fans and make him be a serious threat and make sure everybody looks forward to it, you know. But do you know what is getting a bit annoying? And Owens and Zayn, they've actually got legitimate gripes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. And you, you can't help but be on their side when they're always on the bad ends of it, have them cheating, and then, it, you know, it give their villainy yeah, it, a bit of legitimacy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It would vindicate what the AJ and Nakamura and Shane Man are pissed off about, not the fact that they actually did make the tag. That's what we saw on Sunday. And then they it's still matched. Like I said, they got legitimately screwed over. You can see why they're annoyed for. And... Um, Again, I, I don't really understand what's going on, but Daniel Bryan did then say, because Owens and Zayn were still moaning in the back about it, which was fair enough, Bryan said to them, look, you know, if if you want an opportunity, you're both, you're granted an opportunity at the WWE Championship. They loved it, celebrated. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they did. But then, unfortunately, Bryan dropped the bombshell, didn't he, Dan? He did, yes. He dropped a big deuce by saying... Well, the winners, it's going to be a one-on-one match, and the winner's either going to be Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah, so both men face off next week for that opportunity, and and ever since that moment, they are a bit off with each other. Well, we're we're revealing the tag team match at the end of the show. Yeah. Because what happened there? Oh, yeah, but I just want to say, but then again, we talked about this earlier, didn't we, with the Owens thing. He had a T-shirt that said, fight anyone. So, to be fair, he's... Probably not got that much of a problem going against Sami Zayn. And if, if Sami Zayn does have a world with Chris Jericho, yeah. you know, it doesn't quite or, or, work out. Or Sami Zayn himself when he won the NXT title and I battered him after that, you know. So, 
It might be history repeating. We'll find out in the main event. But more for them, really. Yeah. Uh, the first actual match of the night Yay. was a fatal four-way. Kofi Kingston, Zack Ryder, Rusev and Jinder Mahal going for number one contenders for Bobby Roode's United States Championship, which I'm a bit disappointed that Mojo didn't win uh, on the kickoff show. Because, you know, having Ryder winning this match, it would have set up a perfect rivalry. But, anywho... Look at the challenges over the US tolls. That Ryder, you had Xavier Woods, Jinder Mahal, and, of course, my favourite, Masaka Rusev. I mean, that's not the strongest, is it? Really? I mean, I know Mahal's been WWE champion and stuff, but... Disappointing, you know, Yeah. Right? But I, I, it, was, it was quite an entertaining match, to be fair. All four men kind of... Uh, yeah, we nearly had a we nearly had another stackerlade. No, I mean, the action was brilliant, you know. Jinder did his heel best trying to keep him down. Xavier Woods uh, was quite funny. I'll tell you what was quite funny. Big E with the pancakes throwing them at the commentary team. Because you know? yeah. <laughs> Bobby Roode did join the commentary team to have a chat with him. And Big E was just literally throwing pancakes at Tom or Todd Phillips. Frat, frat, whole thing. Yeah. You can easily finish go, stop throwing fucking pancakes. <laughs> but I think it was... Uh, when Corey Graves was ringside, was it the Rumble? Yeah. When he was stacking them up on his head. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it is, they were having fun. But, I mean, Rusev Day uh, was so fucking over. In, they in are this indeed, match. yeah. Right, even in, in this match, the fans wanted him to win. They willed him to win it. And uh, for a second, it didn't look like he was going to get the job done, did it? Uh, no, he, he nearly had the class locked in. On Rusev, but he managed to fight out of that, give him a shoulder throw, and then uh, got the class on. Who was it? Was it Zack Ryder? No, he got the accolade on. Uh, the, sorry, the accolade. Yeah, got the accolade on Woods, I think, on, in the yeah. end. Oh, yeah, it was. No, Kingston. Sorry, you oh. racist fuck. Was it Kingston in the match? Kingston Woods. The oh, match. my Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, yeah, Kingston was there. Thought he had the job done with Trouble in Paradise. Rusev got him in the accolade, made him tap out. Yeah, there so, was a good moment, I think, between. Uh, Zack Ryder was getting thrown by Rusev and he turned it into a rough rider on yeah, Jinder Mahal yeah, and then yeah. Kingston went for the SOS. I think that was ducked. And then that's when the stackerlade nearly happened and then, yeah. Yeah, Rusev got it. Uh, got victory. And I mean, it's going to be a huge week. We're going to talk about Zayn Lowe's next week for the number one contendership. Next week, it is Rusev versus Bobby Roode for the United States title. And poor Zack Ryder though. You had Mahal and he had Sunil Singh. Yeah. Was it? Samil Singh. You had Aiden English out there to help out Rusev. You had the New Day out to help out Kofi Kingston. And Zack Ryder's like, well, where's Mojo? Yeah, exactly. Where, where's his mate? They'll be back together for the end of the year. Um, right, I've got a second part of fantasy booking now. Something I want to see. Rusev and Bobby Roode plans for WrestleMania. Okay, so if you're going to do it, do it right. We know how popular Rusev is at the moment, right? Fans... Loving it. Really getting behind him and Aiden English. We'll keep that going. Thank you very much. Bobby Roode, glorious champion. It's not clicking, is it? It's not right. The good guy, Bobby Roode, is really not working at this moment in time. So what do we do? So, United States title match next week. Rusev beating Bobby Roode for the US title on SmackDown. Yeah, but not in an accolade. Maybe just a roll-up. Maybe just a victory out of nowhere, but he's United States champion. Rusev Day fans love it. Go to the next paper in February. Rude Rusev. Bobby Rude then, of course. Any means necessary to get this title back. So we start seeing that Bobby Rude we saw in NXT. We start seeing that guy who would cut corners, maybe cheap shot, low blow, 
poked to the eye for Rusev. And during the match, the fans are not happy. Because I know Rusev's meant to be a bad guy. But really, what has he done wrong? He's won the US title. And now he's wrestling this match in a one-on-one competition with Brood. And Rude's the guy taking the shortcuts. Being sneak attacks. You know, Aiden English not even out there. Not even a factor. And Rude's just being really sneaky. Gets the victory thanks for a low blow. Rolls up Rusev and stuff like this. And the fans now are turning, aren't they? They're turning on Bobby Roode. And they start to cheer Rusev more and more. They get to WrestleMania where you've got Rusev now has been built up for the past couple of months as this kind of ass kicker. The fans are behind him. Rusev Day is not obviously on the yes movement level, but the fans, every time they see Rusev, he's going crazy. And Bobby Roode now has turned from this kind of bland baby face to the guy who we saw in NXT as the glorious United States champion who'll take any shortcut, says he's the best there is, doesn't care, disrespects everybody in his path. He says he's going to WrestleMania and it's all about Bobby. You have them two in a match at Mania. You've sorted out your United States title. It means more now. And you've got two characters who are on the right path. You've got Rusev, who's a good guy. The amount of Rusev Day merchandise you could make because every day is Rusev Day. They've already released a calendar of Rusev Day. So I know there's so much more they could do. And with Bobby Roode, we finally have this character that we saw. This kind of cocky heel who, you know, takes the easy ways out. Doesn't want to fight anybody like this. And he can come out with a robe and that kind of smirk on his face. And the fans hate him for it. And that's what we need to do with Bobby Roode and Rusev, Dan, don't we? Really? What was that? Sorry, I drifted out there about five minutes into your 20-minute rant. Right, what was that on SmackDown? Um, Well, the Usos come out they celebrate their 2-0 victory over uh american alpha part two <laughs> they were talking through about all the whole tag team division lockdown lockdown that's it so every tag team they were going breathe out and go lockdown and then the cage comes swinging like the door comes shut well my favorite line that they done was it don't matter if you're a club a bar a day a shield or brothers yourselves <laughs> yeah but then who came out for the match after? Well, talking of brothers, it was the Bludgeon Brothers versus local competitors. Yeah, and, and they fucked up these local competitors. They really fucked them hard. They, like, <laughs> I can't... I don't care how much they got paid for that. It really weren't worth it. Well, there's a battering ram to tag in his <laughs> opponent, and he tried running away, found himself surrounded by Luke Harper... Who then threw him into the stairs, <laughs> and then threw him into the ring, and then the double crucifix powerbomb. Yeah. It was it, yeah, Rowan actually threw one of the guys across the ring, and you're yeah. like, fuck, that's really impressive by it, right? And like I say, the but double... Eric Rowan was walking around carrying one of yeah, them like yeah. he was a baby. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was there for about five minutes yeah. while like Luke Harper was uh, doing his bit on the outside. Yeah. Uh, but still, fun, and looking maybe towards the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers. You know, the Bludgeon Brothers, I think they need to face a decent... Decent competitor yeah. as opposed to uh, local competitors week in, week out. Yeah. But, you know, it's get, building them up a bit of reputation. And then Charlotte Flair faces off with the Riot Squad. And this is a nearly happened moment, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was quite exciting. You know, Charlotte was there. Charlotte was quite good. Because she said, um, the fact is, is that even though I watched the Women's Royal Rumble, it's a shame I wasn't part of history. And I don't... If Charlotte had been a surprise entrant in there, I wouldn't have had that many qualms about it, really, because it's like, maybe she wants to go to WrestleMania, you know? But anyway, they didn't do it with her, so uh, she was there saying that she's going to fight whoever it is, if it's Oscar, if it's anybody else, and then Wright came out, and Wright's hilarious, because she came out and said, <coughs> unlike you, Charlotte, I'm my own person, and she had two women by her side wearing Wright's squad t-shirt. Yes, she wasn't quite <laughs> her own person. <laughs> 
I'm a, you're just a Ric Flair wannabe, which obviously got the woos, and I'm Ruby Riot. With two T's. <laughs> With two T's. And she got the team knocked out of her. Right squad left the ring and then came back and put a beating on Charlotte. And then, like you said, we had Carmella coming down to the ring. With her money in the bank briefcase, everything's set up perfectly. But alas, the person that is going to have a few problems in life. Because as she went to attack Charlotte, she dodged out of the way. Referee got knocked out. And then, and then the most annoying thing happened for me in the world. Well, before he could actually make the match official, Carmella took her briefcase and she ran down the ring. The, 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 the annoying thing about it was Carmella, when the referee was knocked out, she was shouting at the referee... Ref! 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 She did this for about... Instead of going outside the ring and checking on it, he was there on the floor. She could have gone out the ring, pushed him, you know, brought him to life maybe, but nothing like that. And like you said, she took the briefcase and fucked off. The fans thought they were going to have a moment, and it's not. And I'll tell you what, I don't know when Carmella is going to cash it in, but I think it needs to be sooner rather than later, because like I said, she's run out of time. Yes, well, she's got about... Five months left, is she? Yeah, but I mean, what are you going to get to a stage soon? You're going to have. You're going to either have Ronda, Ronda Rousey, Rousey or Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. you know, maybe maybe they're planning it as uh, Oscar wins the title at WrestleMania. No, no. <clears throat> Carmella will not break the streak. No. But, you know, t- can you really see Carmella as women's champion, though? That's the thing. Will it be another failed cash in? Uh, it might be. It might, or if she does cash it in, she could cash it in and then... Can we put a point it. on the line, like, you know, be successful or unsuccessful in a cash-in? Look, you're going to say unsuccessful. I'll or, say successful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say successful, yeah. Oh, <laughs> point, then, you tit. <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, yes, up next, two men that didn't do too well in the Royal oh, Rumble match. Off. One of them, James's pick, and the other one... James's T-shirt. Well, okay, look, Ty Dillinger's a fantastic athlete, and so is Tian, and so is Baron Corbin. These two have been misused on the SmackDown brand, and it's really winding me up. Corbin lasted one minute in the Rumble last year in Emulated Braun Strowman. This year lasted one minute. Caught a, D- Dillinger didn't even make it to the Royal Rumble match, so both of these men had a face-to-face in Brian's office leading to this. I think it was a great match, but the problem is with this match, even I during it. One of my points in this, I said, oh, Ty Dillinger's actually growing his hair now. That was one of my... Not <laughs> not who would win it or what it was like. That's what I noticed in it. Corbin basically ran through Dillinger. Dillinger had a couple of moments. Again, I like Dillinger, but Corbin here needs to learn how to be a proper big guy. To be knocked down by a clothesline and a big boot by Dillinger doesn't make Corbin look impressive. I know he's not seven foot, but he's got some height on him, and he needs to kind of be this guy of, yeah, have a couple of fucking Undertaker Priest or Nash. Don't sell, you know what I mean? Or don't go off your feet. Make it um, seem like it takes a lot to take you down, you know. Otherwise, you're not as imposing. You turn into Big Show when he was losing to the Hardys back in 2002, you know what I mean? And being a kind of joke, even though... So this is what Corbin's got to be careful of. He gets the victory, but then the commentators say, oh, he could be a new number one contender. What, why is that? Could he beat Ty Dillinger, who's had nothing about him this past couple of months? Or well, the fact he lasted a minute in the Rumble. I'm just a bit confused, you know? But, you know, Ty Dillinger, he's, man- he's over Baron Corbin, managed to get some... Uh, managed to outrun him, but it was only a matter of time before I think he had the choke slam backbreaker. Yeah. And then hit him with the end of days. 
pinfall victory for Baron Corbin. Well, another interesting thing that we had before SmackDown and even during it was the announcement that Daniel Bryan is bringing back a top 10 ranking system to SmackDown. Now, Dan, how many months ago was it? A couple of months, maybe, that I talked about the 205 Live top 10 ranking system they should put in place. But they've done it for SmackDown now. Now, I'm not saying they've taken my idea, but... Look, the evidence is there. A bit of creative credit for James. <laughs> yeah, exactly, please, you know. So top ten for SmackDown. Brian said, first off, it's going to be the superstars in the back who pick their top ten favourite superstars. Now, if that's the case, I don't know if it's going to be kayfabe. Are they going to be really picking real. themselves? They, Brian did say they can't pick themselves. That was one of the things. So we're going to have well, that. Well, Tyler Breeze will pick Fandango. Yeah, uh, pick Eric Rowan. Biggie will get two votes from Kofi and Xavier Woods. Oh, no, maybe not. That would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have to work Well, no. Out. Big Ear go for Kofi. Kofi go for Xavier. Xavier go for Big Ear. Yeah. So there you go. So we sorted that out. But uh, Dillinger did say in the office to Brian, he goes, well, you know who needs to be at number 10, don't you? <laughs> so, <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Uh, but And then what they're going to do in a couple of weeks' time is that the fans, the WWE Universe, will get involved and start right voting for their uh, favourite uh, wrestlers on the SmackDown roster. And coincidentally, uh, an email or a, pre- a release was sent out to a few WWE fans, kind of like hardcore fans who you know get the early tickets for WrestleMania, which said, do you want Nakamura to be successful in the WrestleMania title match against AJ Styles? Do you want Oscar to be successful in a title match at WrestleMania as well? So that's kind of an interesting question to ask the fans what they want. You know, Do they, do they want Nakamura and Oscar to win? Uh, hopefully... It's really positive in that way that they want Nakamura and Oscar to do. It always takes away something from Rumbles when the winner doesn't go on to be successful at WrestleMania, does he? You know. But yes. Anyway, move on to the SmackDown. Or is it the main event now? No, it's not. We still got another match. Yeah, it seems to have gone on a lot longer than Raw has, <laughs> even though it's an hour less. But anyway, yes, we had uh, Breezango versus Ben Gable. Uh, I think that was in the. Breezango office having social media. They were being dicks, basically. Ben Gable came in and took the piss yeah. out of it. They challenged Fandango and Breeze to a match before flipping over the table and computers. There were pricks about that, you know. And the thing I like about the Ascension, the Ascension, as we call them now, the Ascension was there. And they said to Breezango, like, yeah, you, you can beat them. And they were like, yeah, maybe we can. <laughs> so, which led to this match. And I can't remember the last time Breezango actually won a match. <laughs> well, James, it's not going to happen tonight. I don't know. Did they even look like competitors? No, there was a couple of moments in the match where Breeze Ango uh, looked quite good. But unfortunately, you know, Ben Gable are, I think, a different level would be fair to say. Obviously, they've been unsuccessful about the Usos. Uh, the unsuccessful against the Usos, they still look really strong in this match and finished uh, Breeze Ango off relatively easy with their um, finished mood, probably called. A golden Alpha or something like that. Gold Standard Alpha American. American team angle. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest of matches. Is there much to write home about? No, that's no. it. Move on. Move on. Move on to the main event. And it is, sorry James, but it is the dream team of AJ Shinzuki fucking Nakamura against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, well, you know, backstage Brian had announced that Owens will face Zayn to decide who faces Styles at Fastlane. And they had to team up together, even in the, if, if there was in a bit of an argument between them. But they smacked each other around in between a phenomenal one. Zayn and then left Owens to fight for himself. Yeah. 
But then Styles and Nakamura toppled KO. Kinshasa from Nakamura got the victory for the Dream Team. There was a funny backstage thing before the main event with AJ Nakamura. And AJ saying, you ready tonight to beat Owens and Zayn? And Nakamura's like, I will beat AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And Styles like, no, no, seriously, you ready for tonight? I will buzz at WrestleMania. He's like, oh, come on now. I don't think Nakamura understood what Styles <laughs> said. No, he said, are you messing with me? And Styles, he's like, yeah, I will beat AJ. No, we're fine, yeah, let's go beat him. <laughs> come on! Yeah. But for me, it's a bit disappointing. With the talent in the ring... Uh, a bit of a letdown, and of course they're obviously working towards slowly Nakamura versus Styles. But the Zayn Owens thing, I mean, that looks like it's coming to an end right now, doesn't it, you know? It does indeed, yes. Is that a bit of a shame that like, we haven't really had a proper payoff yet, have we, with the Shane McMahon thing going on? No, I, I don't know that, that side of things has kind of died down. Daniel Bryan seems to be the villain. It probably would have made more sense if Shane McMahon had announced that Owens and Zayn was facing each other yeah. for a number one contendership. Yeah. But, you know, it turned Daniel Bryan into doing that. So, you know, that was a bit different. But, you know, I think they've kind of died down with that. Yeah, maybe they realise now Bryan can't actually get in the ring. So, yeah, they look away from in that. A dub- yeah. uh, and he's grown his hair out as well. Anybody who's noticed Daniel Bryan is growing his hair a little bit longer. But that was SmackDown. That was a SmackDown, what do you call your SmackDown summary. Yeah, that was your SmackDown summary. And afterwards was 205 Live. Now we're going to go into detail about the full episode on uh, our next podcast after TakeOver Philly WNet Review for February. Philly! But, <laughs> but SmackDown Live General Manager Daniel Bryan promised us two things last week when he announced a new General Manager for 205 Live and the solution to finding out a new Crazy Rock Champion will be revealed on Tuesday's show. Well, up until now, Kurt Angle has been referenced as the authority figure behind the Cruiserweight division, but he only ever appeared with members of the 205 Live roster on Raw. Given the brand, its own manager may help give fans the impression the creative team is actually putting effort into writing the show, but we will only know after the new GM has been around for a little while. Well, as far as the title was concerned, as far as the title is concerned, the new general manager announced the 16th the new champion with the final match set for WrestleMania 34. So, wow, a tournament for the Cruiserweight title. Wait a minute. That, has that happened before? Have we seen that before? Yes. Oh, I don't know. Well, when... you never know. You know, you might get a couple of names that appear in a tournament, have a couple of matches, then you never see them again, like yeah. Zach Sabre well, Jr. The, the problem is... Fuck you, Dan. The problem is, is that we might... I don't know if we can pick a winner now, because by the time 205 Live starts, we're going to know it. So I don't think it's really... I'm just going to say it now. I reckon Cedric Alexander will be in the final. Dan, any comment? We don't get any points for it, but anything now? Kota Ibushi. Okay, there we go. So... We did have a new general manager, and it was Drake Maverick. So is that grasshoppers I can hear? No, Drake Maverick. Who? 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 He is Rockstar Spud. Ah. Now, there you go, Rockstar Spud. We've been uh, used, I say used to, we know him because he was on, of course, Dan, um, what do you call that show? Like Impact Wrestling uh, used to be on that. And he made his way onto TNA Boot Camp as well, which is really weird. So now out of four general managers... We, there is two English general managers, Dan, and, of course, two American. I mean, don't count commissioners with that, obviously. But, you know, William Regal and NXT are now Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud on 205 Live. Of course, we're going to go into detail about the episode. But, weirdly enough, if we go to my Sky Planner. Here we go. It's TNA's Wrestling British Boot Camp. It's uh, TNA Search for UK Star. It's Marty Skull, 
Rockstar Splud, Rockstar Spud and the Blossom Twins. Now, we know Marty Skirl, Dan, don't we? Because, of course... Party Marty. Party Marty. The villain. Huge success now in, of course, um, Ring of Honor. And, weirdly enough, Rockstar Spud did win this uh, competition here, beating Marty Skirl. Let's just have a look. £133 with four matches to go. Madrid, Milan, Porto and Eindhoven. Cash out, isn't it? Look, there's yeah. there's Rockstar Spud. Look how young he looks, and there's Mighty Skull. Party Marty. Little Blossom Tins as well. But Rockstar Spud, Rockstar Spud would unbelievably go on to win TNA British Boot Camp and was quite successful. He's come over to be General Manager Tire Five Live. I'm quite excited because I think he can get involved in ring as well. So that's something I'm looking forward to see. Dan, what are your thoughts on Spud before we wrap up? He sounds like a character from Top Gun. He does, doesn't he, Drake Maverick? Drake Maverick. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he takes a division. You know, as you say, he could also get involved in ring, which would be quite funny. Yeah, you know, I'm all for it. A bit of direction for the 205 Live roster. We've wanted that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've kind of been like an unmanned ship, only unless they're appearing on Raw, and they get a bit of direction from Kurt Angle. Um, but, uh, you know... The best episode of 205 Live we saw was the first one without Enzo Amore. I'm not saying anything else on that matter. But, you know, with someone taking the reins and giving it a bit of direction, I think that should help as well. And, you know, as you say, things can only get better. Exactly. So that is it. Like I say, thank you for your huge support uh, this past week and forever since we started the podcast way back in 2015. We've got 150% up near WrestleMania weekend. There, the next time we're going to be live. Next podcast is going to be Wednesday, NXT TakeOver. Philly! And uh, we really look forward to bringing you that event. Of course, we'll bring you an episode of NXT with that as well. And then in two weeks' time, we'll have uh, WNR 143 W Network Review for February. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed Rumble weekends. You know, even the aftermath. Raw flowed really well, which is a good thing. Smackdown, I think that dragged a bit. It felt like it was on a lot longer than Raw for some reason. You know, it's... It's weird like that, but no, I thoroughly enjoyed all the shows, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Okay, so before we go, don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, at WW Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, we've got Mini Chris Benoit, and he's just trying to make the world... Better place, and you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. Cross all the Google platforms, WNet Review on Google Plus. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, come and find our page and give us a like with a WW Network Review. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WNet Review Podcast. Clips going up there daily. Podcasts go at the same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Also our live shows on Spreaker Radio, Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. Like I say, next podcast is NXT TakeOver. Philly! Yes, I have been James Rowlands and as always I was joined by... Dan White. Dan White! <laughs> Dan White! <laughs> Philly! Philly! <laughs> Thanks for listening everybody and bye. Bye.